All right. Hey, hey, everybody. Season 8 is eminent. So eminent. Uh, 36-ish hours, something like that. Maybe 37, something like that. Who's counting anyway? I think a lot of people are counting. <laughs> I think the answer is everyone. Everyone <laughs> is counting. Everyone is counting. All yes. 14 fans. <laughs> yeah. The least popular show of all time is ending. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, we sound good. Everybody, yeah, looks looking and sounding good. So I hope we look extra good, not because we're two handsome gentlemen, but because we have this nice new camera and uh, it makes us either, actually, maybe it makes us look worse. It, it reveals our flaws. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. I think we want to go back to the old camera. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering we're talking about the Game of Thrones cast who are just such a fine-looking group of people. And uh, they're they're better actors than we are, too. Oh, well. That's why we're anal analyzing? That's not a word. It is now. It is now. That's right. You're right. It is real. Yeah, the beard is real. I see lots of comments. <laughs> uh, we do have real beards. That's true. We may not be uh, actors, but our beards are real. So uh, on a scale of ice to fire, how hype are you? Water. <laughs> Steam. 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 Yes, very good. <laughs> I see a super chat from Chicxulubrob. No, now it ends. Yes, indeed. No, now it ends. Well, not for six more weeks, but <laughs> but that is what we're faced with. It's bittersweet, isn't it? We have the beginning of the end. And that's always kind of a, a difficult thing to to reckon with as a fan, you know, the climax is often such an interesting part. You've built, we've built up so much to get to this point, but also it means we're almost done. So how do you, how do you deal with that as a, as a fan? Uh, partly it's just not going to really be done. There's just so much, you You're know right, what I mean? Yeah. Like think about how much we've talked about this for the past year with no new episodes. You know what I mean? Like you think everyone's going to be done talking about it six weeks from now. Never mind books and all the the material of the whole world and spinoffs approaching and so on. So obviously it's not like I'm happy about this, but I'll, I wouldn't want it to drag on too long either. Yeah. That makes sense, you know. And it's been, since, like you said, since it's been more than a year since the last season, one thing that we all maybe miss is the camaraderie of going through it week to week and, and being, you know, getting to talk about it with our, with our friends and family and all that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. So what we have prepared for today, hey everybody, uh, welcome back to our weekly live streams during the season. This will be our normal time, Saturday at 2 o'clock. This first one will be a little different because we usually are going to work off of the trailer to decide and determine <laughs> and guess what's coming next. In this case, we already reviewed the trailer and the trailer was out weeks ago. But there's a lot we didn't discuss. We talked about a lot of main characters. We talked about some plots. But there's several characters we didn't talk about, and we didn't really focus on the first episode. We talked about the season as a whole. Well, the season as a whole focused more on what was in the trailer, which we believe was more the earlier episodes in the season, but we don't know that for sure. Certainly, that's a normal pattern for them to have, so it's a reasonable guess, but we'll have to wait and see just how much that actually uh, plays out. Let me give a couple of quick shout-outs. Ashea, of course, is running production, as always. And she put in a lot of effort this week figuring out this new webcam in addition to figuring out some other new gear that we have not put into play just yet. One thing at a time, new camera first, but also we have some new microphones, a new whole audio setup that we're excited to debut. It should make us sound nicer. 
make a mention of the fact that with our new mixer, we're experiencing a hissing and we need more power. Ah. Has input for us. We also could use a little advice. We have a new mixer that we're having a little power slash hissing issue with. So anyone out there with expertise in uh, recording and uh, studio mixers and things like that, you might uh, earn yourself a very hearty and thankful shout out from us if you can help us out with that. So we also got a new spaceship. We're having trouble with the warp drive. So if anyone can. Yeah, if you have <laughs> antimatter for us, we could really use antimatter. Also, our rail guns aren't working. <laughs> So yeah, a little trying to not be violent here. anyway. <laughs> They're purely for defense. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me give a few other thanks. Um, of course, thanks to all of you who have made it live to watch, but also thanks to you who are catching this uh, after the fact, either the replay on YouTube or the podcast version, which is always going to be up as quick as possible uh, once these live streams run. Um, we're going to be doing three live streams a week during the season, Saturdays at 2 Eastern, uh, Mondays at 7, and Wednesdays at 7, also Eastern Standard Time. Mondays, of course, are our show-only review, initial reactions and discussion of, what's, uh, discussion of what we just saw. Saturdays are discussion of what's next, and Wednesday is a discussion with, we're generally going to have a rotating group of guests, but we're also going to have Lady Gwyn from Radio Westeros. Ashea will be part of it uh, regularly as well. And we will be discussing impact for the books, as we've been doing since, I believe, season four. So, not a whole lot different there. So, we'll kind of keep to our, our pattern as it has developed over the seasons, and we look forward to doing that. So let's give um, some shout outs to some patrons who have made the show possible over the long run, including Jeff Gnarly the Long Snapper, History of Westeros' First Sword, and Talanis the Talon, King of Gagasos, Rider of Talarius, a red dragon with scales, horns, and talons of midnight black, and Robert IV of House Ardeacor, Burned King of Blazewater Bay, Rider of Atroxus, a black dragon with bioluminescent spots like smoldering embers and a banded blue tail. The... What did he call it? LML dubbed him the sh the uh, the um, Shade of the Evening Dragon, which is really cool. I like that. That's a great reference. All right. Um, let's get going. I think, like I said, a lot of these characters we sort of discussed already. We kind of discussed Jamie's. Uh, we had to basically did a whole episode with Joanna Robinson discussing Jamie Goes North. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about Jamie. We're going to talk a little bit about him. And I don't think we want to talk too much about some of the main characters that we've already discussed, but there's a lot of interactions we didn't discuss, and there's a lot of some of the more not central characters that we didn't discuss a whole lot. So that's going to be our focus, at least for the early part of this episode. Um, and Sean, you did a rewatch. Yeah, I was going to say, since we did the, the last podcast with, you know, I forgot, we did one with Drinks and Nose. Yes. Um, was that after the trailer or before the trailer? I believe I that was before. Order, before. I think it was trailer, before. Yeah. But so I don't remember I, for sure. I think it was before. <clears throat> it's all a blur. <laughs> anyway, since the last broadcast we did, I've watched everything all over again. Now, it's amazing. It, already seen every episode. So, some episodes I've seen more than others, but I've seen every episode at least five times. Yeah. And I have pages of notes and hours of discussion on all of them and still picking up new things. Um so I, I unfortunately I didn't get to work it into the document here, but as it comes up, you know, I'll work in observations that I made and some of them I tell you I, I realized going through the rewatch I really need to pay attention when Melisandre comes on screen when Bran comes on screen when Jojen comes on screen characters that have visions of the future you know prophetic characters you know and there are certain things that some of them said that obviously 
that's the whole thing about prophecies, right? They're they're kind of vague. It's easy to misinterpret them, but there's still uh, some things can be eliminated or narrowed down at least. Some some of the things that some of the characters say kind of like zero in on what might be happening. You know, definitely. Also, I want to say real quick, I have a friend who was waiting till the last season came out to watch any of it. So oh wow, he, like, really? He timed it, Mark. Uh, timed watching all the old episodes to the new season coming out. And he's a magic player, by the way, if they're new magic player. Sound off if you're a magic player. I wonder if it's like two <laughs> people or magic like everybody. Together. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he nicknamed Melisandre Mono Red. And I that's kind of sticking in my mind as a nickname for her. But <laughs> that makes sense. Ghost would be mono white. The White Walkers are mono white. Is that <laughs> yeah. right? I don't know. They're white blue maybe. <laughs> so um we'll start off talking about some some things that I think kind of have to happen in this first episode and we can kind of speculate on maybe what else is going to be there of course there's going to be a lot of reunitings and and meetings and people who have heard about each other and maybe previously had problems with each other they kind of have to by necessity set that aside because there's a much bigger problem coming it's it's really hard to foresee someone like jamie getting into a legitimate like violent disagreement with anyone, even though he pushed Bran out a window and he's been the enemy of so many of them for so long. Partly because the leaders, people like Bran and and uh, especially John, are very adamant that nothing matters but fighting the White Walkers. Like past grievances, none of that matters. And I don't think Bran is gonna. Bran doesn't really consider himself Bran anymore. Do you see? So we'll start there. Even though we talked about Jamie's from, do you see? Do you foresee any serious issues with Jamie's arrival? Depends on what you mean by serious. Yeah. Uh, you know, Let's last, they can't get past. Last more than an episode, maybe that could be defined okay. as serious. That, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, possibly. I, I, I think that even if he gets up there, there will certainly be some people who are happy to see him and some people who are not. Yeah. They'll argue back and forth about it. And in the end, they'll accept him. That, that's think, kind of what I expect. I think that makes sense. However, will, will, will certainly vouch for him. And However, just because they accept him doesn't mean... Okay, that's it. Everything's fine and happy. Mm. You know, maybe I some side eyeing or something. Exactly. Okay, uh, that makes. We've sense. already seen that exact thing happen in other yeah. scenarios. But uh, one thought that I that I considered was that maybe there would be a trial by combat. Mm. Maybe the you know mm. the, he'll show up and these people demand justice, mm. and other people are like no, he's actually on our side. That's a good All right, point. trial. By, the thing is that can't happen because Tom and Bandit. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely gonna have everyone, and everyone respects Tom as decrees. Yeah. <laughs> So I think it's interesting to consider Jamie, and uh, um, but perhaps more what we should be considering since we've discussed Jamie, and because he's lesser of importance as Daenerys. Daenerys is the one whose arrival I think is not necessarily going to cause people to want to kill her, but it's quite a shift in power because the Northerners were very adamant that John is the one they picked. John should be there to lead them, and he's returning with, "Hey, I bent the knee <laughs> to Daenerys," yeah, and. Uh, not only that, but I'm sleeping with her. <laughs> so there's, that's going to come up too. But let's just focus on the power part. So we've got a lot of different people who have to react to, to, to Dan Danny. Not just John, but and not just Tyrion figuring out that they're together now, which causes him some issues. But we have Sansa, we have Arya, we have Bran, and we have other characters who are of lesser importance, but their opinions are going to matter. Bronze Jan Royce was like, do not do this. Remember who her father was. He was like, do not, like, he is not pro Danny at all. He may yeah. change his mind. The Glover, you know, I don't, Lord Glover, he's one of the characters that gets speaking lines semi regularly in these sort of forum situations. 
he's going to be someone that may have something to say. Liana Mormont may have something to say about all that. I, I don't even have strong guesses as to what most of their reactions will be, but I do think their reactions will matter. It's something that's going to have to happen, something's going to have to play out. They have to get over the fact that Danny's now kind of in charge. I think they'll mostly be positive. Uh, I think that there will be, it'll be like five to one ratio. You know what mm. I mean? There'll be two or three of the five who maybe keep quiet about it. But I think the people who speak up against it are just going to get shut down. They're just going to get shut down right away. That makes Even sense. Even people who maybe want to be upset against it, in theory, Liana will still love that it's a woman coming in I here. I agree. And I think Arya, Arya will love that the dragons are so cool. I think Arya's going to really like Danny. Uh, from a book reader perspective, Arya's loves Nymeria, right? I mean, that's not just a book reader perspective. That's a, a show perspective. Arya named her wolf Nymeria because she liked Nymeria, the warrior princess. Yeah. Queen of Dorne or Princess of Dorne. And Danny has a lot in common with Nymeria. <laughs> so I really think that's to me, that's one of the most slam dunks. Like Arya is gonna like Danny. <laughs> I also not hundred yeah. percent, but I feel confident. I also wanna wanna give Danny some credit. I think that she will say the right things. I think that uh she's her ambition level has gone down a notch. Yes. She's seen the White Walkers. She, in general, has learned, you know, uh, she, you know, in the rewatch, I want to give her some credit for several moments, kind of like questioning herself, recognizing that she stomps in, I'm in charge here, and then realizes like, what makes me think I'm in charge here? No one of these people are questioning me, you know, I think it'll be similar here. She knows she needs to sell herself. She, even if she holds her line, I think she still knows in private when she has discussions with people like, I need to actually succeed. I need to understand what I'm doing. I need help. You know, it's similar to Stannis uh, realizing that if he wants to be king, he needs to prove that he's worth it. Not just be like, "Oh, it's my I I I'm owed this." You know, yeah. when he decided to fight for the realm instead of to try to take the throne, it was it was uh, the way. How did he say it? Um, I was. Take, I wanted to take the throne to claim my rights. It's like, I'm going to claim my rights to take the throne. Like, reversing the, yeah. the logic behind the saying, like, I should prove that I'm worthy, not that I'm deserving, you know? And Danny's kind of doing the same thing in a different way. But it's very similar how she's doing it. She's like, first she's going for the throne. Then she's like, actually, I'm going to go north. Yeah. And fight this this threat. And, you know, Stannis doesn't, <laughs> didn't have the same means. Stannis <laughs> lost his child doing it? Yes, Danny's he did. Stannis lost her child That's doing very it. true. Uh, so I think there's a lot of interesting little parallels there. We have a Hail Satan uh, <laughs> super chat from Dark Mother. Thank you, Dark Mother. <laughs> Very appropriate. Now, what about the, yeah, so what about, um, I think Bran, another one. I think uh, a lot of people kind of think maybe Sansa will react somewhat negatively to Danny. I think that's overblown a little bit. I think the show maybe is showing a little of that possible conflict, but I don't really think it's going to go anywhere. Like you, I think that Sansa isn't going to be terribly threatened by this because... It's so important, and she recognizes this threat. John has made it so important, and she doesn't think that uh, necessarily is going to assume that Danny is going to come in here and be all authoritative. They're going to have some conversations. I think that that's maybe uh, overblown. Also, I think that both Bran and Arya probably are going to be supportive of Danny, and that might help Sansa if if she's even has a problem with it in the first place, which which is not a sure thing. Her family, she'll be the only one in her family that that maybe doesn't see eye to eye and that might help bring her back over. How do you see Sansa's reaction to, uh, to Danny going? I think similarly, she'll be more okay with it than, than we might expect. Again, I think she'll have this instinct to not want it. But for example, I think one thing that might lead us to believe that she won't like it is because there seemed to be a sort of a power struggle last mm. season. Right? Yeah. 
Arya and Sansa were kind of pitched against each other. It seemed like Littlefinger was trying to pit Sansa versus Jon. But I really think that was kind of, I don't know, red herringish. You know, it's there was nothing it really was between Arya and Sansa. Littlefinger's dead. I, I think especially when we see the dragons that John has been so committed to the idea that none of this other stuff matters, honor, lords, iron throne. Sansa might not understand or believe that yet, but Danny does. And when she shows up with that mentality, it's harder for Sansa to feel like her power is being threatened or the Starks are being threatened or anything like yeah. that. When Danny's mission is not to like take over Winterfell or take over the Seven Kingdoms, it's to beat the Night King. Yeah. Now, assuming that is the line that Danny takes, which I expect. So. And another thing is that. Um, yes, she may have some of the rea standard reactions, like, that's the family that killed, you know, my uncle, Brandon, and my grandfather, Rickard, and all that, but on the other <coughs> hand, there's plenty of, kind of, you know, other things to balance it out that we've already explained, and on top of that, Sansa is adamant that Cersei is a huge, huge threat, and if Danny is an ally in the fight against Cersei, that's a very big plus in her favor as far as Sansa's opinion goes. So I think that's something that I think has been left out of discussion a lot is that Sansa's very much anti-Cersei and Danny is anti-Cersei and that's some very good common ground they have. Two, two points to that. Um, one is that it also, there might be another side to that. Let me see if I can keep the two points in my head here. Uh, that she may, similar to Cersei, look at it from another angle since, okay, John, Danny, other characters, they're serious about the understanding of this threat because they've seen it. I've seen it. I know. You have to see it to know. Yeah, not everybody else has. <clears throat> yeah. Sansa might not be there. It's true. When Cersei saw it, then she knew. She was really scared. She understood it is a real threat. However, Cersei still has this long game idea in her mind. Okay, fine. The threat's Let them real. Fight it. Yeah. You guys go <laughs> fight that real threat. You know, I won't necessarily fight you in the meantime, but I'm still not leaving King's Landing, right? Sansa might still have that mentality of, okay, fine, sure, John, Danny, go fight the Night King, but Cersei is still a threat. I'm still worried about other things, you know. So she might not actively go against everyone, but she might not be wholly bought in either. Yeah. Until she sees it, whether or not she does or when she does, I'm not sure. But oh shoot, I have a thought. A real wild card. I've got a point. A real wild card here is Tyrion. Sansa's reaction to Tyrion being on Team Danny could either help smooth things over or be like, that's Cersei's brother, you know, and, but she knows they're not together anymore. But I don't, you know, that's still a room for her to be like side eye that whole situation. Like, yeah, but that's a Lannister right there with her, you know, I think that's she's probably going to see things from from a better perspective than that. That's a little short. I think she'll bring it up. But it's so easy to defend against. Yeah, I One, she knows Tyrion is fundamentally good in the first place. And she, if she doesn't know, she'll find out he killed his own father. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think there's defense against that attack that might come, you know. I see a comment from Big E who says, both Santa and Danny have a lot in common. Both were married twice. Both were tortured and raped and used as political pawns. Both her parents were, both their parents were killed by Lannisters. Okay, very good point there. Very good point. There is more common ground than maybe, maybe we first uh, uh, realized they had. And they're a similar age too. So uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's helpful a little bit uh yeah so i could see yeah it's it's uh, i could see why it's tricky to see there, there's a lot of possible ways it's we don't know how the writers are going to write it but you can see how there's a lot of things on both sides for how sansa might react but i agree that i think it'll be fine it's not going to be a major divisive problem um for them going forward i, I remember the other angle i had for how okay. sansa might react to things is that she doesn't actually have some particular ambition 
She doesn't think she's owed the throne or the north or anything. You mean Sansa? She, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't think that she will feel as much of a threat, even if the other lords think Sansa should be queen of the north. Yeah. And they all want to support her and she wants to go after Diana. I mean, that, that, that'll be something she realizes she has to deal with. She knows she needs to say things the right way and address different people's concerns or whatever. But she doesn't have some personal expectation to be king that Danny is a threat to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. That's that's a good point. Okay. Um, let's see. Any other thoughts on uh Sansa and Danny? So let's talk about um Bran and Danny. That one's a little harder to figure, but I think it's maybe the details, the nuance are harder to figure, but I think the bottom line maybe not that hard to figure out. Bran is very focused on Night King, Night King, Night King, and those dragons gotta seem like, despite the fact that one of them is now fighting for the other side, <laughs> they yeah. seem like a very much an ally. And the Unsullied, very, there's no no two bones about that. Those are helpful. That's a huge helpful thing. An army can help fight the undead, like a really good army, a really disciplined, tough army like that. There's no doubt that that's helpful. Um, but who knows what he's going to see coming, how he might see something wrong with something else, or big magic. <clears throat> always hard to predict, right? Yeah. So let me go ahead and throw one thing out here now. Sure. There's a moment when Sam and Gilly were trying to get south of the wall when Bran and company were trying to get north of the wall. Yeah. And they cross paths. Sam's get, takes a moment for Sam to convince Bran who he is, you know. And uh, and he's like, look, you know, I love your brother. I'll do anything to help you. And Bran's like, okay, cool. Help us go north. And Sam's like, <laughs> uh, Actually... anything but that. <laughs> and he can't believe that they want to go north. And Jojen tells him, you know, you've seen the army. Sam's like, how do you know that I've seen the, the army of the dead? And yeah. he says, the Night's Watch can't stop them. Kings and armies of Westeros can't stop them. So, all right, that opens up the potential to a queen of Westeros, queen of Westeros can stop them. Can it doesn't have to be yeah. a king. Now, we might start to get into whether or not Danny should be the queen and... Constantly, we've had multiple kings at once who say... Maybe it means what, Cersei can stop them. It does. <laughs> and she would have an army that's not of Westeros if she has the Golden Company. She yeah. legitimately could. Yeah, uh, Sansa Danny, first, could Danny stop has them. Dothraki and Danny all that. Danny has Dothraki. So, yeah. so it, is, it is a legit possibility. And and I bring this up because Jojen told this to Bran. And so Bran believes what Jojen says. Bran might have seen it himself. Uh, even if it's not actually Danny and he's misinterpreting things, much like Melisandre is, and it really is Cersei, one way or the other, it seems to me like Bran will welcome Danny and these non-Westerosi armies. So. Mm, yep, good point, good point. So that's actually another good one that we should talk about, another reuniting <laughs> uh, Bran and Sam, right? Like they have, they met at the Night Fort and had their little kind of solo interaction with Mira and Jojen and Gilly and the baby was there and Summer was there at the time. But uh, now they've they, already been reunited. They've oh, they already have? talked. Yeah. Well, we haven't. Oh, yeah, you're right. They have already talked, but yeah. they haven't talked about John. That's that's more what I yeah. wanted to t get into. Well, they haven't talked about John and basically several other things that they can confer over. He's got his books. He's yeah. Bran has the prophecies and memories and everything, and can look into <coughs> the weirwood. So there's just that's another one that's pretty hard to predict. But at least we can kind of narrow it down to something to do with Endgame stuff, something to do with the White Walkers and maybe their their na the nature, what they're after, um, things like that. Do you have any thoughts on that general I, topic? I I don't know quite how to express this, but I think that Sam is going to be a sort of librarian for Bran. Does that make sense? Librarian? Yeah. Imagine someone from medieval times was transported to 
the Library of Congress 2019 <laughs> and was told, hey, the the cure to the plague is in here. You, whenever you find it, you can go back in time and cure the plague. How, you wouldn't know where to start. You don't know what a library is. You don't know. How, there's all these, there's so much information, so many books. You don't, you wouldn't know where, you, you theoretically have access to all this information, right? Yeah. Brand said at one point, I remember everything. <laughs> you know, like he <laughs> seems to have access to all and all, but he doesn't have the ability to process it. He doesn't know where to look. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how things relate to each other. And I think Sam will be the guide for that. that Sam will be the sense. one to like, yeah. look at this moment in time, look at the history of this character. He's like the milestone guy. He's like, this is what you should be looking. Because Bran yeah. can see anything, but where does he know to start? So, yeah. so maybe Bran, Bran's like, Sam is like the, the anchor or the, yeah. the the lens to be like, this is where you should be yeah. focusing. And okay. so far, Bran, the conductor. A, as mm-hmm. he's going through this process of trans, transforming to Blood Raven, he's been looking at... His things that matter to him personally. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. But he's got to get away from that. Yeah. They you know? don't. They, he's the conclusion being they don't matter to him personally. Yeah. He doesn't care about. He, he didn't care about Littlefinger that much, except for his getting resolved. He didn't care about. He's probably not going to care about Jamie pushing him out a window. Right. Like exactly. that, it's it's strange to call that petty, but it kind of is. In the big picture, yeah, kind of is. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, let's see. We got um super chat from uh, Jill Wright. She says she sent it via PayPal. 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 Oh man, that's a good one. Uh, she says this is a test of super chatting via direct PayPal donation. P- please read out loud. Well, there you go. Even though I didn't read it out loud very well, I did read it out loud. <laughs> we have another one from Niels Rain. Bran will see that John and Danny's son will be evil. Whoa, that would be uh. That would be difficult to handle. Like, what would they do? <laughs> like, what do they do about that? And they're not going to just, well, let's just kill the kid. No, we can't just, or can you? I don't know. That's rough. Hopefully that's not, uh, hopefully that doesn't actually happen. Then we don't have to worry about it. Okay, so another one. Uh, another kind of reuniting situation. Maybe not, it, it, it is reuniting, although it's not a surprise. John finds out when he's at Dragonstone, trying to bring Danny into the cause. There, A letter comes saying that Arya... And Bran both have arrived at Winterfell and they're like, why aren't you happy? Because he's (laughs) like, well, this news comes with also the news that, (laughs) you know, the army of the dead's on the march. So it's not it's not great news. (laughs) Yes, I'm happy my sister and brother are alive, but to find out they're alive, but in the direct path of the army of the dead isn't really great news either. So. Uh, he has more. He's it's another good opportunity for him to brood, and where we get that scene of Tyrion saying, "Man, I came out here to brood, but <laughs> you brood better than I do. You make me feel like a failure at being a brooder." You know, <laughs> whatever that line was, really funny. I love that. He said, "You make me feel like I'm failing at brooding over failing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is so good. It's so good because John's brooding is really. It's true. You cannot out brood Kit Harrington. <laughs> like you got to be like I don't know. You got to be like what's his name. Um, Neo <laughs> from the Matrix. Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Yeah, he's yeah. the only one I can think of off the top of my head that can brood at Kit Harrington's level. God. One time, let John go. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, at the end, like the last, <laughs> yeah. the last line of the entire show. Super chat from Dark Mother. The Sam slash Brand theory is effing brilliant. Well, thank you very much. So, so John has knows that Bran and Sam are there, but he hasn't. I mean, it's not not Sam. Bran and Arya are there, but he hasn't actually had this moment of hugging them and yeah. getting 
having that go down. And people have been waiting for the Arya John reuniting forever. Because yeah, Bran and John like each other, but Arya and Bran, Arya and Sam, are, God, I can't, I cannot <laughs> get these names right. Arya and John had a special relationship. They yeah. were the closest of um, amongst their family from each other. Not only did they have a particularly close bond. But Bran doesn't really have any bond of any kind anymore. That might yeah. we've already seen it be awkward. Each reunion with him has been maybe even a little more awkward each time. I don't expect it to be different with John. Except that maybe John might be a little quicker to accept this weirdness. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he even if he's not happy about it or don't doesn't understand it, A, he's seen all kinds of other crazy things. Yeah. And B, he has a bigger concern, even than his own brother. In the same way we're just saying it might seem the idea that Bran wouldn't care about someone trying to kill him seems crazy, but when you consider that someone's trying to kill all of everyone, maybe it's a little less important, <laughs> and John understands that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another, it's not a, it's not a uh, long-weighted reuniting, but John and Sam reuniting is pretty meaningful, too. True. Uh, True. That's pretty, that's pretty it significant. It has been a long time, actually, yeah. since they've been together. And it's going to be bittersweet, because the same thing, John is like, oh, I get to see them, but they're in great danger. And likewise, Bran and Sam are like, we got to break this news about his parentage to John. Like, it's going to be great to see him, but we and got news for him. They don't even know how tough the news is going to be. They yeah, because they don't know he's it, hooked up right? with Danny. Oh, yeah, it's such a mess. They're going to be like, well, this is going to be hard to tell him. And then they're going to see him arrive and, like, be touching Danny and be like, oh, crap. This is going to be harder than we thought. So here's another thing I want to bring up. And this, I've been, like, trying to decide when or how to bring up this point. Because I feel like it's it's like this a new big thought for me to be considering. Okay. Um. A lot of my thoughts on, and also because it's a little out of context right now, we're kind of talking about this season and we're kind of running through characters, but this is more of a, we're talking about this episode, we're trying to think about episode one, but I have a new thought that makes me reevaluate how the season is going to go. Okay. A lot of my thoughts, and I think many people's thoughts, have been based on Martin telling us, and it kind of makes sense, that it's going to be bittersweet. Like, even if Martin didn't say that specifically, I don't think anyone expects, like, it to be total tragedy where everyone dies. Yeah. Or total happy ending where everyone's, right? To, yeah. And in fact, it's almost impossible to be a happy ending because we have so many characters opposed to each other, you know? But, like, even if no one dies in battle and the characters we generally think of as heroes win and generally think of as villains, if all that happens, no one expects that, right? Yeah. But for it to be bittersweet... It doesn't mean that good guys have to die, right? Right. There are ways for it to be bittersweet Trauma. other than the good guys dying, right? Yes. So, for example, one thing that might happen is that neither John or Danny die, but they also don't live happily ever after. Yeah. They don't I necessarily agree. have mm -hmm. a kid and go rule together. What could happen, may maybe what I'm starting to think is likely, John goes back to the wall. A major, yeah, I can see John that. John goes, Danny is queen. John goes to the wall. They love each other, but they they it's have to make these personal sacrifices for, them, yeah. for what's good for the realm. Danny mm -hmm. marries someone else just because they need the family allegiance. We can go on and on about who that might be, but someone she doesn't love and it doesn't love her. Kind of almost like how when Tyrion had to marry Sansa, it was like a punishment for both of them. Yeah. Maybe Tyrion has to marry Danny. <laughs> and the houses unite, even though they don't love each other, you yeah. know. And John, who loves Danny, has to go to the wall and can never have a relationship with anyone. You wonder and that if, would be bittersweet without them dying. You, you know? wonder if they can, you know, can they rebuild the wall? I wonder. If I think that's what John will do. He'll go back to the wall and rebuild try it. To rebuild and it. And, okay. and part of why he'll do that is because I don't think the Night King is going to die. I think okay. the Night King is still going to be out there and they, they have to maintain the wall to protect the realm. Okay. I could see that being impossible. Um, I wonder if, uh, yeah, I wonder if um, maybe that could be... Um, yeah, like a like you said, there's 
resolution or partial resolution, but it's not complete. And thus, if the threat remains, you can't rest. Yeah. That yeah. uh, makes some sense. Speaking of bittersweet, what are you, uh, what strange beverage are you drinking today? Oh, let's see. This <laughs> is, I, I might have gone too far, let me tell you. No, no. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a new naked drink. It's watermelon pomegranate mixed with a sparkling ice that was pineapple coconut mixed with Dr. Pepper. And I should have mixed it with Mountain Dew because it's so citrusy. So it's a little odd, <laughs> even for my taste. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> Up from Winterfell Super Chat says, can Danny marry Sansa, please? Yes, I am, I'm, I'm all for that. Especially if we, no, I won't say that. I was gonna say, especially <laughs> if we get a betting scene, but no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Laws of Westeros. Yeah, <laughs> that's the law. They have to do that. So one of the extensions here, as we just said, one of the things that's going to kind of feels like it has to come up. Let's, let's, let's focus a little bit on the arc of this episode for a minute and uh, see where that leaves us. All these reuniting slash meetings. It's a big part of this episode. Danny's army, Danny's dragons, John, everybody converging on Winterfell, maybe Jamie showing up. By the way, something we discussed just before this episode, I think there's a good chance that Jamie doesn't show up till episode two because there's so many meetings and discussions and people reacting to each other that have to, you know, do that. And they haven't even lifted Tommen's ban on trauma combat yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they really need to, de there's so many of these things I could see them sort of postponing Jamie's arrival to deal with that a little bit separately. On the other hand, they might want to just rush through that and get it all out of the way to focus on the battles, which is something they tend to do a little bit. Uh, but, so with that in mind, I think that uh, some of these other things are going to have to be taken care of fairly quickly. For example, John's parentage reveal. We talked about how that's going to be a thing that Bran and Sam uncomfortably have to tell John, and more uncomfortably <coughs> once they realize the Danny situation. But the extension of that is once it's revealed, what happens? Well, for one thing, the North has to have a similar reaction, or not similar reaction, but they have to go through this process of, of reacting. Meaning, they, they just named this guy King, he bent the knee to a Targaryen, and he is a Targaryen. And he's not the son of Ned Stark, although he is the son of a Stark. So that's just like, whoa. To a lot of people, it could be a wide range of reactions. Anywhere from, I don't care. He's proved himself a great leader. I don't care who his father was. He's still Stark blood, whatever. To, oh my god, this undermines everything. It's a huge range of possibilities there, I think. I didn't think of this till just now, but in context of what I was saying before, maybe it happens right then. Mm. Maybe in the face of this, John's like, I'm just going to go back to the wall. Mm. Sansa, Queen of Winterfell. Well, half, presumably after they defeat the threat, he's not going to leave the episode, you know, an episode. Well, well he might not leave Winterfell to <laughs> yeah. the wall, but he may make the decision that, that's what he's that I'm not going to try to be Lord of Winterfell. It's okay. not correct for me to do it. Bran, Bran either. People are like, well, then it should be Bran. Bran's like, what are you talking about? I'm Blood Raven. No. All right. Sansa it is. You know? What if he, but, but is, 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 uh, like, I, I agree that John isn't going to be like, oh, I'm technically first in line to the throne. That's my duty. I don't know. It's, I, I don't think he wants it. Oh, no, but how he, he definitely it's Part not. of why I don't think he will be. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he's not going to seek it, but it may seek him if people put it on him. Well, th well that's why I think he might go back to the wall. That's to remove you can't himself. put it on me. Like, if he believes mm. it should be Danny, 
then he, it makes it so that no one can say it should be him. And there's a wonderful Which, parallel for that. Maester Aemon. Exactly. Yes, yes. yes. That's great. That's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. It, so I can, it, there's no guarantee that because it fits so well, that's how it's going to play out. But it's a wonderful theory because <laughs> it checks off all these boxes. Yep. Uh, the, I guess some, some problems with that could be like, man, maybe the wall is completely gone. They can't. Or, or if they do feel like the Night King is defeated, then they wouldn't necessarily feel like it's necessary to have that. Then maybe John would be like, well, I joined the King's Guard or something to take himself yeah. out of it. I don't yeah. know. Uh, there are other ways besides the wall to remove himself from the line of succession. But it's a, it would be a wonderful parallel to Aemon, especially because there's so much about there's there's this been a long-standing theory that John's real name is Aemon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the show, it's it's Aegon. Uh they went that way. But still, uh, it it still fits. It would just <clears throat> fit slightly better if his name was yeah. Aemon. <laughs> okay, so so that's pretty huge. Now, John's reaction to his own parentage is going to go a lot of ways. Uh he's b- probably brooding is going to be part of it. <laughs> that's one of the few things we can be sure of. And uh uh, probably the scene we see him down in the crypts is at least related to this, or could be, certainly could be related to that. Um, do you have any thoughts on how he might react? Um, if it changes his sense of duty, or if it just is like, well, it doesn't really matter, I still have to fight the others. You know, it still comes down to that. Again, I think that John, he might realize that he needs to say or do things in some different way. Like, he doesn't really want to be king of the north. He is willing to be king of the north because he believes it's the best way to get his people to fight the Night King. Does that make sense? Yes. Mance didn't... It's not like Mance wanted to die or didn't want to bend the knee to da-da-da. He just realized that as the leader of the Free Folk, he can't bend the knee. Yeah. And he needs to be leader of the Free Folk if there's any chance of saving them from the Night King. Like, that the people who've seen the Night King, everything they do is in the big picture... Trying to deal with the Night King. Yeah. Does that make sense? They don't. They stop caring about being king or their honor. It's very or similar to what we're talking about. Yeah. Mance was like, "Look, set your agreements aside. I know you hate me. Maybe you hate each other, but this is far. This is way above. This trumps that by a mile." Yeah. Same as like Jamie, not Bran, not hating Jamie. All that. Yeah. Uh, it, by the way, Melisandre included. Yes. When Melisandre, when when they were about to execute. Shireen? Davos. 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 Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Hold on, wait. I, you got to read this message first. She flipped like immediately. She's like. Oh. The War of the Five Kings means nothing. Let's head north. <laughs> Don't so, kill Davos. It was like, like two cents. He's like, yep, okay. <laughs> not just like, hmm, maybe we should deal with this. Or we can get back to the War of the Five Kings later. After we did, she's like, the War of the Five Kings means nothing. Yeah, it was still. Okay, let's go right now and forget <laughs> everything else, you know. Uh, it was so unequivocal. Yeah. <laughs> So, and she's right. Like, yeah. pretty much seems like she's right. One so, of the things, one of her predictions that is correct. <laughs> so I think that other characters, at least at first, will struggle with what to do or how to do or when to do or why, who's in charge, da da da. But John is not one of those people. And so if he believes that bending the knee to Danny is the best way to, to get everyone to fight the Night King, he'll bend the knee to Danny. If he believes that not bending the knee and marrying Danny or staying in charge of winning, whatever it is, and he'll tell Danny, like, look, I'll bend the knee to you later. But right now, we got to keep everyone, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, even he, maybe not John, actually, because when he went to talk to Cersei, and she's like, fine, I'll go fight with you as long as you promise that you'll bend the knee to me after the fact. He's like, I can't, I already made a vow to Danny. And everyone's like, just lie. Some Tyrion's like, just tell a lie and do whatever later. So John may not, uh, although maybe he learned a lesson from that. Maybe even John will be willing to tell a lie to save everyone at 
I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I would be interested to see, but I think he'll try to find some way around. He it, may so. have learned. It's funny. He may have learned his lesson because they were like, "Look, you could lie, everyone. Like, like you could lie at least." But he's like, "No, we can't lie about anything." It's like, eh, John, I think the occasional lie is okay, yeah. buddy. Maybe, but he didn't seem to agree. Even after all, he still didn't yeah. seem to back down. So I don't know. Yeah, and, you still and, and, make, and we did follow that up that. with with Cersei having lied. Yes, and and it's kind of like hey, you see John's <laughs> point. Like if you just can't trust if. If Cersei can make this proclamation and then take it back right back, you can't trust her. Well, if John makes a t- proclamation, takes it right back, you can't trust him either. So he understands that in order for people to follow him in this battle against the Night King, people have to be able to trust him. Yeah. But if there is no one to follow him, it doesn't matter if they trust him. So somewhere there's going to be some balance. There's going to be some conflict. It'll be it'll be neat. To, obviously, we're making a lot of effort to try to figure yes, out how it'll yes. play out. I, I, it makes me even wonder if maybe they won't immediately have or resolve this conflict because it seems as though this battle of Winterfell is going to be in episode three. It does seem that way. And I think at that point, everyone will just be like, okay, whatever. Whoever's yeah. king. I think everyone will have this similar mentality. <laughs> too terrified to right. do anything else. So yeah. uh, until then, they may there may be squabbling. They may drag out the decision or the conflict because we do have other things to hit on, right? We yeah. can see, we might follow Jamie's journey north. Maybe stops set the twins and brings Edmure with him or something. Maybe we see Euron conflict with Theon. We we can we have other plot lines that they can drag out so that we don't fully get. It might be like the final scene or something. Yeah, sure. of, of the first episode is the reveal that uh, of Bran and Sam revealing. Uh, to Danny and John, his true nature. Does that make sense? Yeah, that um, does make sense. Because I, I, it, it, it makes sense to me for there be links, for there to still be lingering conflict as we go into the battle, and after the battle, all that being gone and everyone being on board, this is the only thing that matters. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a, that's well said. Shout out to uh, Zazambaji in the chat who found that uh, Stannis quote. I had the cart before the horse. Davos said, or yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to win the throne. He's quote, that sounds confusing. He is repeating what Davos said to him. I was trying to win the throne to save the kingdom when I should have been trying to save the kingdom to win the throne. Yeah, very good. That's great. So that's just kind of what Danny is realizing too. <laughs> it's kind of a similar yeah. arc. In fact, it's a super a lot in common. They even both make that determination on Dragonstone and be, partly because of a letter and being convinced by someone they trusted. And yeah. It's really, it's really quite nice. Uh, okay, so a little little farther on here, we have we have um, the North's reaction to John's parentage. We have John's reaction to John's parentage, but but everybody else too. Like the North in general, we have more specifics. Sansa's reaction, maybe because that maybe changed the line of succession situation because he's not the son of Ned. That may be like, well, then does that put me ahead of you? I don't know. If that's like a big deal to her, but it, it'll occur to her perhaps, and it'll definitely occur to other people, and perhaps more importantly. How does it affect Danny? And not just, I don't mean their relationship, because that's going to be, ugh, they're like, oh man, what have we done? Um, but I just mean her view of him now, like, she thinks she's the only Targaryen. And now she's like, well, why did it have to be the one guy I just banged? But he is a Targaryen, and that, you can see how that would directly lead to, by the way, I have an extra dragon. <laughs> and you are yeah. my relative and if there's yeah. anything about Targaryen blood or So basically this is what I'm what I'm saying is I'm I would I think that John will be about to ride the dragon or will ride the dragon by the end of this first episode if not by episode 2 definitely before episode 3 I think that's a safe prediction any do you disagree or I totally agree okay. I 
for one, I do think that most of the conflicts we'll say that I can think of that will happen in this first episode are dramatic conflicts. Yeah. There's no lives at stake. There's no action. And I don't think we're going to go a year and a half, no Game of Thrones, and an hour and a half long episode and have no action. Nothing yeah. but slow, tense drama. There's got to be some violent conflict. What do you I think it will be? Because I don't know that it so, could be at Winterfell, right? Like it seems like unlikely to happen at Winterfell. So that means it has to happen yeah. in the South, maybe regards, maybe with regards to Theon's plot. Because that's one of the, that's like the, the one small plot. We have J this, J Cersei's plot is huge. The Northern plot is even huger probably. And then Theon and Yara and Euron, kind yeah. of their own little small plot. And there aren't a lot of other small plots. It might not be a violent conflict for John to ride the dragons, but it will be action. It will be exciting. It yes. will be a heart pumping moment for the fans, right? But still, it can't last more than like two or three minutes, maybe, you know, like maybe seven whole minutes. Um, but I, I do think that we're going to get some other sort of conflict, violent confrontation. And it makes most sense to me for that to come from Euron, whether it's okay. Euron and Theon. Or I have another suggestion. I should have mentioned it amongst this group. We have the characters still at the wall. Oh, yes. Sandor, Beric. And uh, Tormund. Tormund. And yeah. Dolores Ed is, is a named yeah. character there as well. And they, we did see them in the trailer doing something. It was very vague yeah. what was going on. But something was happening that looked, it had the feel of action. They had swords <coughs> drawn. There was a little bit of fire. I mean, it was his barrack sword. But he had his sword lit, which, which means yeah. he's ready to go. So, or he's a suspecting danger. So I think actually that might be our best candidate for some action. Yeah, they, they could easily have a skirmish at least. Yes. If, because it makes sense that Tormund... And Beric, they were like barely escaping the collapsing wall. And one thing I will say is I don't think that the entire, the wall's hundreds of miles long. I yeah. think like half a mile got destroyed and the whole army just went yeah, through. I don't think all the rest of it's destroyed. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Tormund and Beric are going to run back to Castle Black, I suppose. Presumably, yeah, and, I agree. Um, or maybe a different warn castle. everyone, yeah. hey, there's no point defending the wall anymore. <laughs> yeah, the Wildlings and the Army of the Dead have gone south of the wall. We need to go warn Winterfell. And on the way down to Winterfell, they might encounter some Wildlings. Mm. Or, or not Wildlings. Well, maybe some Wildlings. But, or some Undead. But, yeah. but some Undead, right. Okay. And there'll be a battle. And then they'll show up, you know, hey, we got this warning, you know. My only prediction for that is I, I think Ed, Beric, and Tormund could all die. Maybe not all at once. But I think they're all... In trouble, like they're on the they're they're worries of the week. We'll say using bringing that term back, but Sandor is at least safe for the time being because I do not think. I mean, they flat they just punched us in the face with Clegane Bowls happening when he walked up to his brother and said, "You know, I'm coming for you." I mean, come on. If they don't give us Clegane Bowl, it was a huge fake out. Uh, yeah. So I think it's going to happen, and there's no so that means he can't die up there. I I mostly agree with you, but let me tell you a couple. Counterpoints. Okay, that, go for that it. don't necessarily. I still think I agree with you, but I do want to consider a couple things. He didn't say, you know, I'm coming for you. He said, you know what's coming for okay. you. Okay. He yeah, did right, say, you know right. what's coming for you. And I have also kind of been speculating around the idea of exactly multiple characters. In fact, every character that's been told to look into the fire has seen something in the fire. That's true. And I have wondered if it's just being projected, if the Lord of the Light is just putting us out into fires, and if you know to look, you'll see it. You know, mm -hmm. And I wonder how long the Lord of Light, if I'm right about this at all, has been doing it. And maybe Sandor and or Gregor saw it in a fire a long time ago, and they didn't really mm -hmm. understand what they were seeing. But it, I'm just mm. pointing out, it was worded vaguely in some yeah. way that okay. I can't imagine. Now, I still do expect a cool game, but all that said, 
But I do want to point out one other thing. Arya told Sandor at one point. It was, it was as they were approaching uh, the Red Wedding. Because um, he said something to her that dug deep, you know, something about yeah. Ned having been killed. And she looked at him. She said, one day, I'm going to run my sword through your eye and out the back of your skull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if, he's, I, if he's an undead. I think she, she might do, do it that. if he's alive. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she would do it if he's alive. So it does make me think that he, now it doesn't necessarily mean it's happening in this episode. And I don't know how it could happen in this episode and still have a Clingable letter unless somehow the mountain gets north or I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure how it could happen. Yeah. But I do feel, yeah, going I am in general that, afraid for Sandor making it through the season. Maybe not this episode. I agree. I think. And I, I do I, default yeah. to there being a Clingable, but maybe it's a. Maybe Sandor's dead at that moment. I, <laughs> yes. I don't know. They're I, both dead when they fight. Yeah, yeah. Imagine <laughs> Sandor fighting the mountain with with needle through his eye. He's already <laughs> like, I don't even bother him. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I mean, you, you just can't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, there's because because undead is a thing. <laughs> he doesn't have to be alive for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that that kind of is an interesting segue to another topic we've discussed on and off, or at least thrown out there, something that we think is going to happen. Being faced with beloved characters as undead. Yeah. So have you reconsidered or thought about who you think may be the most likely one? Maybe the ones that would have the most impact, the ones that would make us cry, the ones that would be hard to take? I'll throw a few names out there. One I don't think is going to happen is Hodor, just because of the logistics of they would have to bring Christian Nairn back and give him a contract again. And uh, I don't know. It seems like they could d- do a go with a different choice there. Some logistic uh, issues might also apply to someone like Egret. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so here's some other possibilities. Um, these characters we just named that are maybe in the North. Tormund. Oh, wait. Ed. John burned a great, didn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. So a great couldn't. Yeah, a great couldn't. He's smart. He was smart. Yeah, don't don't let that. Don't even let that be a possibility. So that that would create these guys as possibilities. The the uh, the characters that are still in the North. Any of these Night's Watchmen or slash Tormund who are still alive. And Beric. Uh, Beric's been raised. He's already undead. Uh, that's a whole other category. <laughs> I don't know how to classify him. Someone says summer as a white. The poor dire wolf. Boy, that oh, would hurt. That which would hurt. could happen. We've seen horses yeah. and bears and so on. That oh, would be, man. That would be rough. But another one I think is <sighs> is is particularly possible and uh, f- would be somewhat fitting and would be really hard to take is Brienne. Yeah. Boo, by the way, is another person I... Frontline fighter, puts herself in danger, and if she yeah. becomes a white, she's utterly terrifying because she's big and, and dangerous and... Yeah, I, just so you know, I think those might be my top two predictions to die of the season are oh. Brienne and Sandor. I okay. think those are the two characters that Frontline, like, big tank-type characters. Yeah. <laughs> the characters that I love that I don't want to die, I think yeah. they're some of the best characters of the show. But I still think, I mean, it's part of being bittersweet. Maybe not every character that is likable has to die for it to be bittersweet. But some of them are going to. There's no question. They're charging into battle yeah. against this ultimate. If no one dies... If characters that we care about don't die, then we don't really... Then the Night King's not really a threat. We're not really... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it almost has to for us to care about this. For the Night King to really be a threat, for us to really have emotions evoked, they're going to have to be characters we di- care about die. And it can't just be tertiary characters that are kind of fun. You know? Yes. It's got to be gotta, real you, characters that really real mean something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's... And, and that, that puts these... A lot of these mm-hmm. second-tier characters... That, that brings me back to... Some of these characters we mentioned already that that their reactions aren't as important, but will probably happen. Like Liana Mormont, Lord Glover, and Jan Royce, right? And any one of those could be a white, right? Liana, imagine little Liana Mormont is a white. That would be kind of up there with like what we got out of that Carsey scene when she sees her kids and she just kind of surrenders yeah, yeah. to that. She just can't do it. Would the audience surrender at that point? Little Liana Mormont is a white. <laughs> like, ah, done. I'm out. 
<laughs> some people would be like, good. I'm a, I hate that annoying little girl. Not me. I like her. But I've, I've seen that sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. she's a little over the top. So that's another possibility. That that one wouldn't she, – she's not terrifying <laughs> as a white because she's so small, but she's terrifying as a like, oh, my God, that's awful <laughs> to see that. Here's I a, feel like a lot of characters at this point, they know they need to burn the bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like John told Stannis when Stannis showed up in, north of the wall when he was talking to Mance. My father – if my father had seen what I had seen, he'd tell you to burn all the bodies, you know? Yeah. But that – with dragons in the mix, that seems like it's not uh, unlikely to happen anyway. Just buy. Easier to take care of. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of already going to happen. Uh, here's a super chat from DSG. Danny will be more happy she has a family member than angry. Remember her convo with John? She's sad that she's a less girl. <coughs> yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, the whole thing about the line of succession is a whole separate conversation. Um, and it, it doesn't have to bleed directly into her being happy that she has a family member. On the other hand, she's going to find out that she just slept with that family member, which is might creep her out quite a bit. And she's still going to have those feelings, so it's going to be something to work through. <laughs> uh, uh, Follow-up from DSG. Also in the books, the blue rose growing from the wall filled the world with sweetness. Yes, that's true, the sweet smell. However, the blue rose is also referred to as having this sickly sweet smell. It's kind of a iffy sort of... I don't know, almost like ice and fire, life and death kind of kind of conundrum, both both at once. But um, yeah, but we'll have to see. I, I do agree that I think Danny's reaction, it can't be all good and it can't be all bad. But I do think it's not unlikely to have some very strong good and it may be even more good than bad. John, on the other hand, I think his initial reaction is going to be pretty negative, but he may work through it and come to a place where he's okay with it. But he'll, he's going to feel like John takes truth really seriously and he's going to, this is he was lied to his whole life. That's going to be the part that's hard for him. Is like he really trusted Ned and Ned didn't tell him this. And because he just, I mean, he wouldn't even lie about the, the Cersei thing. Yeah. And so this is yeah. like his father that he really reveres, like kept the secret from him. I think he'll get over it probably, but it's going to hurt. It's going to sting. You know? There is, a, keeping a secret can be deceitful, but it is different from telling an outright right, lie. Right, like he, that might be how he works through it, like realizing that it was... And John has kept secrets too. Uh, yeah. Off okay. the top of my head, he... And, and he understands that it's important sometimes to keep secrets. You remember when... <laughs> when he lied to when he, Igrit when he, and lied to the wildlings. About, yes, yeah. yes, right? And it was like for this bigger cause. Yeah, I mean, he didn't um, lie to her about loving her. He really did love her, <laughs> but he didn't... But he was lying about his intent to, like, stay with her. Yeah, and he tried to not tell direct lies, too. You know, he did, like, when he was talking to, to Mance, trying to say that I was on your side or whatever, he did try to say, um, you know, I'm on the side of... He's, I wish I could remember now, but he said something like, I'm on the side of the living or something like that, which isn't the same as I've left the Night's Watch. Does that make sense? He tried to give himself an out to not be telling a direct lie. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and he definitely kept a secret when he went to visit Danny. And Danny, you know, Sunday's spouting off all of Danny's titles. And Davos is like, this is Jon Snow. <laughs> this is Jon Snow. Uh, he's king he's the king of the North. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and, but in that scene, he he starts to rattle off Jon's accomplishments. He's like, yeah. look, you've done X, Y, Z great things. Guess what? So is Jon. 
He brought wildlings south of the wall. He did da 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 da. He took a heart foot, and John's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Double's <laughs> But you see, John wanted to keep that secret. He yeah, you're knew right. that that could be a distraction from what they really need to get accomplished. Don't go telling that there. So he does make a distinction on the value. Like, it's not just all wise or bad. He does make value judgments on when it's okay. He just very much leans towards tell the truth unless you have a really good reason not to, which is kind of why people got mad at him. It's like, we do have a compelling reason to lie here. Right. <laughs> it's not It's it's not like Ned t- told John, you are not my sister's son. Right? It's yeah. not like he sold some direct lie. He just kept a secret. He just didn't say, yeah. no, you know what I mean? So Yeah. And he, yeah, so that's, that's the thing he has to work through. Like, he, has to, he has to put himself in Ned's shoes and kind of try to understand why this lie was told, and then I think he'll probably get to the place where he realizes it was for a good reason. It may not make him happy, but he'll understand, uh, hopefully. And he's got and he's got Bran to help him look up the details. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, but did my father? Did, what did he? What was the wording he used when he told me? Look that up for yeah. me, will you, Bran? <laughs> uh, also, but two things. One, I want I want to talk about Bran real quick. I want to go back to what we were saying about Bran and, and Sam. Sure. Uh, but also, I want to point out that John has specifically broken his vows multiple times you know at least yeah. what he maybe like sleeping with the gret maybe sam would argue the the details of how the wording of the vows are like father no well you didn't father a child you know what i mean like that's not you can get you know but john believes you know john i think john even said something like you know i don't think alistair thorne's about interpretations or something like yeah. that you know uh john believes that he was breaking the vows when he did that John ran away from the wall to go fight with his family. You yeah, know what I mean? True. The brothers came and brought him back. But my point is that John is He's, he reacts John doesn't live up to his thinking. own standards always. Yeah. He tries to. Right. He's trying to be honorable, but no one's perfect. He, yeah, you know, so, that's a good point. Uh, um, so if he, he may tell a lie or keep a secret or whatever and feel guilty about it, but might be more justifiable for the sake of saving everyone than of like some emotional response to a family conflict that he's broken his vows for or lied over or whatever before. But here's another thing that I, I keep thinking about. They haven't mentioned it in the show one time, but it's so prominent in the books. This prince that was, I guess they have mentioned Prince of Promise, but the Azor High, they constantly talk about this flaming sword yeah. that's coming, you yeah. know? And Beric has a freaking flaming sword, and I don't, <laughs> wow. th- and uh, I don't know if he's gonna die. I don't know if he's the prince that was promised. I don't know if John's gonna get his sword somehow. I don't know what it is, but the fact that they haven't mentioned this in a show at all, I- I'm realizing that this is the time. It, 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 I, I had this thought in my mind that it's kind of too late. If they were gonna do it, they would have already done it. But this is the time with Bran and Sam together, with Sam and all the books and Bran and all his flashbacks. I think. I, I think that in this first episode, we're going to hear that prophecy read. We're going to hear that okay. prophecy read in this first episode. Sam might just it's bust it right out. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I can see that. From Winter's King comment, Golden Company Elephant Whites. Woo, yes, I would love to see undead elephants. Oh, yeah. I think it's maybe too much to hope for, but please, I will utter I will utter a prayer to the mm-hmm. Seven, to the Drowned God, to the Storm God, to R'hllor, and to the old gods. So ice spider, the biggest hound. Yeah, and all these other gods back here. Ice spiders as big as elephants. Ice spiders as big as elephants. Yes, ice spiders as big as mammoths. So yes, gimme. We'll take that. Also, you know what about what about ice mammoths as big as spiders? That'd be pretty. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That's tiny and like ah, step on it, just crush it. I mean, no, people are afraid of cockroaches. Would poke it in the bottom of your feet, crush it. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Okay, that's a little scary. Okay, 
Uh, super chat from DSG. Uh, they're they are Targaryens, uh, meaning Don and Jenny. Don and Jenny. You <laughs> <laughs> gads. My pronunciation of names today is just really terrible. At least it's funny. John and Danny. They bring a whole new meaning to kissing cousins. Indeed, <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, do a quick um, mid roll shout outs and then get back to some other discussions. We got plenty more to talk about. Uh, from Aja the Third, donating free super chat. Danny plus John equals Rhaenyra plus Damon. Yep, I would agree. There's a lot of parallels between those characters. Uh, and Rhaenyra and Damon were related also. <laughs> uh, they were uncle, niece, and in this case, we have aunt, nephew. So, yep, yep, very good. Um, okay, so shout out to our blood riders, Vorsaki, wielder of a Valyrian steel, Eric with a dragonbone hilt, Kohokoi, called Sunpiercer, wielder of a dragonbone bow, Kokavo the Tamer, wielder of the wildfire whip, Gehenna. We have uh, our queens of love and beauty, Aaron, lady of the long desert, names Emma of Starfall, the queen of love and beauty, in sight of pods and men. Um, and from the depths of Flea Bottom, Lord Ken of House Hammer has declared for Queen Carrie, Fire of the North, who recovered Dark Sister from beyond the wall. And a shout out to our Northern champions, being that we are talking so much about the North, not only about the North, but so much about the North. Let's give them a shout out, if I can find them. <laughs> Here we go. Jay Wilson, Winter's King, Sir Stephen, the Hammer of the North, Winter's King, Lord of the First Men. Lady Ardross, Mother of Wolves, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel, Claymore, Manticore. Sir Brian the Return, Knight of the Last House, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade, Red Song. Sir Kobe of House Stonesmith, Words Are Wind, Deeds Are Stone. Lady Cat Jones of the Big Pond, Wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade, Ginger's Honor. Jake Snow, aka Jacob Ice Eyes, is the Bastard of the Last River. Lord Darren of House Rambler, Motto The Last Hunt is Ceaseless. Lady Bobby of House Mitchell. And Bullweir, the purple of Heavenly Myth Head House Taurus. Also, a shout out, something cool that Ashea uh, had sent to her. There's a website called www.doyouknownothing.com, and it gives you a list of interesting uh, questions for your, which encourages you to make predictions for what's going to happen. For example, the first question is Who will be the first character to speak in episode one? So just a lot of fun little questions like that. I think it's 34 questions or something The Night like King. 32 questions. The Night King. <laughs> well, that would be a surprise. I'm guessing not a lot of people picked that one. <laughs> but uh, so that's a lot of fun. So shout out to them for um, making a fun fan experience for people out there uh, just uh, because they wanted to. Athena Zarmakupi, tell us about the Book of YouTubers. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you for that question. We did a... Uh, me and Ashea wrote a chapter in a book called The Thrones Effect, which will be out very soon. It'll be out on audiobook and hardcover and ebook. And we we co-wrote that with a lot of bunch of a lot of bunch? A bunch <laughs> of other YouTubers and a few few non-YouTubers. Um, Gil from Game of Thrones Academy, Val from Because Geek, Chris from Smokescreen, um, Gray Area, uh, Secrets of the Citadel. Um, ideas of Ice and Fire. I'm doing this from memory, so I might forget somebody. Us. Um, also, a few other people. I'm, I probably forgot somebody. Apologies for that. But you, as you can see, it's a very nice lineup. Our chapter that Shay and I wrote is related to the spread of Game of Thrones in both movies and TV show, as in references. How many references pop up, which is a really, it's really crazy how many references appear in TV shows and movies. For example, it, it just, it appeared in Shazam, which is a movie geared at kids. And a kid was like, it's real Game of Thrones up in here. In, in the orphanage, <laughs> like an orphanage scene, he says, it's real Game of Thrones in here. I'm like, damn. <laughs> 
But, uh, and so that one didn't even make the book because I just saw that last week. But, for example, we talk about how Dwight teaches Aaron Dothraki in the office and how there are more kids named Arya than Betsy as of like 2016 and how there's just tons and how there's like mushrooms named after Game of Thrones stuff and lizards named after Danny's dragons and things like that. So it's really, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's just our chapter. There's other chapters on great topics that you guys should like. So we'll, we'll be promoting the book a little bit more once it's actually available for purchase. So consider this a teaser. All right, well, let's get back to it. I don't think I had any other mid-roll stuff. Um, a super chat from Dan Horries, but no attached questions. So thank you for that, Dan. I have a couple of questions that we'll get to near the end, a couple of like prediction type questions, but let's continue on with some of the things that we can learn uh, from these initial scenes and things that we might expect to see. Brand, let's, let's talk about a little more about what Brand might could reveal. One thing that nobody really knows in the story, except maybe Bran, and he hasn't revealed it if he does know, is what exactly, if anything, is the Night King's purpose? Is it simple destruction of humanity? Uh, is it that simple? Or is there is there a specific target they have in mind? Are they going for the God's eye? Do they want to kill Bran? Because they, they, he did kill Blood Raven, uh, the Three-Eyed Raven. So it makes sense. And he was certainly trying to kill Bran. They were trying to chase all of them. So that could be a big part of it. So it's not so the fact that they're specifically targeting Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven implies that it's not just kill everyone, but that might still be a part of it, kill everyone. So what might Bran you have any thoughts on what Bran might reveal to us about the Night King's purpose, or just in general, what Bran might tell the people gathered at Winterfell is what they're faced with? So it is a question that that comes up a lot, that I've heard asked a lot, that I've asked myself a lot is what does Night King want? And I sort of default to kill everyone. That That's kind of what I think is just the, <laughs> the basics of it. At one point, I read somewhere that, uh, I don't, wish I could remember, I wish I could better attribute it, but I think the D&D said at one point that they have no intentions of the Night King ever speaking a line. I which think means I remember that line too, yeah. Which means it's going to be hard for him to reveal his motivations. Now, they could still be revealed through Bran, through some flashback or some prophecy, maybe even that we saw the character get turned in by the children of the forest to mm. a White Walker. Maybe that character will have a speech to the children of the forest. You know, I could see ways they could still do it. Yeah, okay. That's um, good, good point. But I still kind of suspect it's going to be some vague sweeping thing like kill everyone. I think that the Night King is basically represents evil, or I'm going to go ahead and say darkness death right the kind of roll up in one and this is what i found myself asking the during my rewatch i found myself asking more often than what does the night king want what does the lord of light want i realize hmm. i'm pretty sure this is the thought that i had interesting question think about this for a second throughout the course of the series a little bit less than this last season but throughout the course of the series i think there have been more characters driven more more decisions made based around the lord of light than around the night king oh, okay. most people mm, barely believe yeah. in the night king okay. barely know that they he never, exists they don't even know he's a thing yeah right but not aware of him whole armies have rallied around yeah. the lord of light the lord is the most right? popular religion in the the world that we know of. You're right yeah and so it makes me think a lot about what does the lord of light want are these prophecies that melisandre sees that Jojen isn't necessarily getting prophecies from the Lord of Light, but the same prophecies that people 
the worship the Lord of Light seem to see, Drojan is also seen. There seems to be some connection here. And if the it's if correct me if I'm wrong, but Relor is the Lord of Light, Heat, and Life. Uh, light, fire, and shadow is sometimes how it's broken down. But well, yeah. yeah, the religion is binary. Yeah, the Lord of Light is on one side, and the Lord of Darkness, Death, the the, the, uh, the Great Other, they kind of refer to right is yeah. on the other side. In the books, the White Walkers are even referred to as the Others. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just feel you can't like miss that distinction. Yeah, right. it's hard and to so like Others. Yeah, in the show they're not called the Others because of the because of Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we see these simultaneously rising forces. Of, you know, the Thoros being able to resurrect Beric and Melisandre coming over these visions and trying to find a prince. All this happened at the same time that the Night King is coming. So, like, coincidence? You know, yeah. I think... An era of gods and wonders. Right. And I think, again, it's just going to be kind of vague. But I think really what's happening is that these supernatural forces are having this conflict that's playing out on the realms of men. And it's what the Lord of Light wants is light. And what the Night King wants is dark. And they're just in conflict with each other. Some duality. Going and on it's here. not going to be some complicated, nuanced shades of there must power be struggle, right? Where I think it's just the Night King wants to kill everyone. And the Lord of Light wants to stop the Night King. Because hmm. the Night King is darkness and death, and the Lord of Light is light and, and, hmm. and life. And, okay. I, and I think that, I don't know if that makes sense. But that's what I think the wants, and I yeah. think that's what Bran is going to reveal, if anything. I think there's some 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 thematic uh, elegance to that. Um, I maybe don't agree with all of it, but I think as, as an arc, like as a as a overview of yeah. how the maybe the gods are seeing things, it's a it's a good theory. Super chat from Maura Lee. Not too much longer now for season eight. Just the love of the show, or just a low a show of love and support for all the excellent content. Thank you very much, Maura. Very generous. Always glad to see you in the chat here. And yeah, we're so excited. We're so happy. We're so gen we're so grateful for uh, everyone being here and that we get to go through this live and experience it with our friends and fandom family. It really means a lot to us. It's gonna be so much fun. So that actually leads us as a great segue. This this last topic you uh, delved into is a great segue to a character we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about, but who is definitely going to play a role. And it's really hard to see what that role is going to be. Melisandre. Gilly. Oh, Melisandre. Gillisandre. Because <laughs> actually, have you ever seen them together? Oh. <laughs> Gillisandre. That's her, that's her ship name. By the way, I said that joking with Gilly, but I do wonder how central... Like, in fact, I kind of wanted to back up because yeah. I realized that there are maybe... Let's say that the Night King does just want to kill everyone. Yeah. He might have some intermediate steps. He might want that right? baby. Exactly right. <laughs> he might know that he needs to kill Danny or get a dragon or kill John or stop Bran. Or, like he might recognize there are key obstacles in his way to killing everyone. And yeah. so he may have some detailed plans in that yeah. course. The right? one, so, if I could just jump in for a second. The one part of the does he want to kill everyone theory I definitely think is wrong is that he doesn't want to mindlessly kill everyone. There's definitely strategy and intelligence yes, and yes, planning behind what for they sure. do. Yeah. Just like even if Melisandre slash Lord Light just wants to stop the Night King. Yeah. Step A, find the Princess of Promise. Step B, conquer Westeros. Step C, whatever, whatever. Profit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's Tywin's. That's uh, the the little oh, finger Lannister. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they're they're trying to introduce a new ice coinage to, uh, so trying to get off the gold standard and go to ice. But anyway, I do think it's possible that there is some compass guiding the Night King toward 
that baby. That compass they, is pointing south. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, they were certainly visiting Craster for mm-hmm. who knows how long. Sun that implies after sun. an arrangement, like a yeah. intelligence, of course. Um, and other, other things, and, yeah. there, and there are also some other, like, interesting things, like, uh, that I don't know quite how much to stake to put in this, but it, you remember that one theory that Brian Eidolon had at, at Dragon Con. Which one was that? Um, the idea that the Night Walkers, the, the, Night, the White Walkers, <laughs> have some sort of relationship with Craster, mm-hmm. which means they may have some sort of knowledge about what's going on with the wall and the Night's Watch, right? Whether yeah. they observe it as they go near Craster when the rangers go near Craster. They see through the trees. Or they or might whatever. hear Craster might tell them information specifically. Maybe they just see visions like Bran and other characters, right? Yeah. yeah. So when Royce shows up, think how many similarities from a distance, there are to Royce and John, and maybe <laughs> yeah. even other characters like Bran, right? Yeah, this sure. Young noble character, right? If the Night Walkers, <laughs> White Walkers, it's becoming a vampire show have now. Have some, <laughs> have some awareness of prophecies of some sort. If they have some vision, and maybe it's something that like a thousand years ago, there's a prediction that a thousand years from now, this young character of blood of the old man is going to appear and be our nemesis they might mm-hmm. be on the lookout for them and royce matches some of these criteria so they might have been because think of what a show of force they have for this random night watchman like although it wasn't just mindless zombies a team of white walkers were there to meet this guy and they just they easily cut him down and i wonder if they're like oh no what are we worried about now let's go and they <laughs> yeah, head south right. and end up but then when they see john they're like oh well, Maybe he's the one we're worried about, you know. But anyway, uh, the, the, you could see that there might be different things directing them toward yes. some character they realize their nemesis, whether it's John or Bran. The prince that was promised could be a figure of evil to them. Like that's yeah. the character that they need to kill because yeah. he's the guy. Okay, so Blood yeah. Raven could be a nemesis to them, even yes. if it's not the prince well, of promise. And so they need to get Bran. They need to get John. Let me add a couple things to what you've said here. First of all, that, this is you, you've you've met. This is a theory that has been around for a little while. Uh, it's a good one. Um, it's uh, our friend Joe Magician has a video dedicated directly to it. It's called Death of a Ranger. And it explores the possibility that the others were, in fact, thinking that Waymar Royce was Jon Snow. That they okay. were looking for him specifically. Mm-hmm. I think there's some issues with that theory. Regardless of whether the conclusion of the theory, it's really fun to explore. Anyway, I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I want to point out something that, that I noticed, that other people have noticed as well. That, that when we covered the prologue of Game of Thrones in one of our Patreon-only episodes, I noticed that... When Waymar Royce goes to fight the walkers, they pause briefly to look at his sword. Oh. Yeah. To make sure either, and to me, it's just like, is that Valyrian steel? Like, to me, it's just it's a little simpler. Like, should I be worried about that sword? No. Okay, let's go. Yeah. And then they fight him and kill him, and it's easy. Uh, but there's that that pause is very telling, and it's because the it's, fact that they know they need to look out for Larry still, even if they don't know some certain character to look yes. out for. But they might be looking out for some certain character that they know has one. Yeah, exactly. So that's so that's where I think it's a, a great seed to to go off on that theory. Now, where it leads. That's up to, to the individual, but it's even a Brand wonderful for a start. minute had a Valerian dagger for yeah. You know. <laughs> That's a good point. So, so it's 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 a really wonderful uh, path to to tread and, and and explore. So yeah, so big shout out there for to uh, Joe Magician for that one. Uh, and um, but yeah, but I actually wanted to talk about Melisandre. We talked about okay. Gilly and other stuff. Anyway, eh. it's fine. The order it doesn't matter what order we do it. <clears throat> so yeah, we still got about forty minutes or thirty ish minutes. Well, we we've got time. So Melisandre, yeah. So we she says that very. Uh, cryptic thing to Vara. She's like, oh, I'm coming back and I'm going to die here. And so are you. She says, I'm going to die in this. I have to die in this strange country just like you do. 
But she didn't just, she's not just leaving to take a vacation. She's not going over there just for a minute to like rest and recharge and come back. She's like, I need to go have some tea and chill, smoke a joint. No. <laughs> I think she, I left the oven on. <laughs> yeah. She went back there to do something, to get something, to get someone or all of the above. And I don't know what it could be other than, because I see it coming in the books, Relorism follow, like, the head priest of Relor in the books has declared, openly declared Danny as Azora High. Like, no bones about it, no, you know, it, like, with the authority of a religious zealot. Like, Danny, Daenerys Targaryen yeah. is Azora High, straight up, in front of this massive congregation. And he's the head of the Red Temple and the big, the biggest Red Temple in the world. So it's, it's a huge de declaration. We haven't seen anything like that in the show. Well, that's not true. We have seen that in the show. It's, it wasn't this bold declaration in front of lots of people. That one red priestess, the... Uh, Kinvara. Kinvara was like, you. <laughs> you know? We've also seen something else kind of like this in a show. The Sparrow. Mm, Think yes. of how much this religion mobilized militarily. Yes. Right? To be a significant force that was difficult for the queen to deal with. Right? Yes. So if that... It seems to me that the priests of R'hllor should be able to raise an army. I agree, 100%. They, they're fanatics. And, and Melisandre could go back and say, yeah, she's got the dragons, man. They're full-grown and everything. And the pro <laughs> and then she's got the, this is the, this is the, the checking all the boxes of the prophecy. She broke dragons from stone. The dragons are there as proof that, the, you know, that, that she's their mother, etc. And the, Melisandre has now seen the, you know, evidence of the, the, the Night King and all that. So she's not a king of Westeros and will bring an army that yeah. is not of Westeros. So that I do. So we kind of seem to have arrived at the same place. She's going to arrive with an army of devotees, of zealots who will be very willing to fight uh, this undead menace because it's like their apocalypse scenario. It's like this is the day of reckoning. By the way, in the book, it also, Benero, while also declaring that Daenerys is Azor, is Azorahai, he also says that fight in her army and live forever. Like, hmm. you'll never die. It's like, whoa. Okay, that, that part gets kind of shuffled off to the side because the big thing is, whoa, he's just saying she's Azorahai. Like, before it was like, suspect Daenerys Targaryen is Azorahai. And this dude is just flat out saying it. Yeah, but so that, Melisandre flat out said it was Stannis and she yeah, was wrong. So. Yeah, so... Um, now, Melisandre, we, of course, that always seemed kind of a little off. Yeah. <laughs> With Danny, it, just, it seems like it might be right. But yeah, so, so even though it hasn't necessarily been foreshadowed a lot in the show, I do think that's where it's going to head in the show, which is Melisandre's going to come with a lot of people and they're going to be, it might be kind of like the Knights of the Vale showing up. Yeah. Like when they're most needed, like, oh, we're screwed. We're, we're, we're being overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden this massive army shows up. Uh, like at the wall almost when, you know, with the Wildling army getting overwhelmed by Stannis or the Knights of the Vale showing up the last minute to save them from the Boltons. All, it, I think it kind of go like that. But we'll see. It better show up a dragon glass. I don't know, man. It might be a big <laughs> army, but still, like... Yeah, are they... I mean, maybe they just have a lot of fire. They love, you know, it's R'hllor, right? Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of dudes with torches and flaming arrows. I don't know. Uh, it, it, that's the part that's hard for me to figure. Like, how are they going to be equipped? What are they going to have? Like, is this... Yeah, what it's just the the overall part I can see fairly clearly, but the details, the when, the how they're going to introduce this, I have no idea. Like it could be episode three when during this big battle, it could be the climax, it could be episode six. I have trouble placing it in the chronology, but I do think something like that's going to happen. Okay, we didn't really talk much about Cersei. We did briefly touched on Theon, Euron, Yara. Um, but let's talk about Cersei. I think her initial, m m the first thing she has to kind of respond to is Jamie being. 
Jamie being gone and uh, how that may play out and what she's going to do in response to it and I kind of think she's just going to keep going. You know, that's just kind of how she responds to every loss. Is she just there aren't there aren't many characters for her to interact with? Yeah, Kyburn. You've got the Mountain, which doesn't really speak, and maybe this Gold uh, Company commander will be somebody. Ron, which they won't speak Apparently, to each other yeah, for real world for reasons. reasons yeah. uh, so then maybe you're on maybe the Golden Company. That's yeah. that's about the expen- extent of the interactions that she could even have at all. You're on Kyburn, uh, and and the, yeah, Harry Strickland is the Golden Company's captain's name. So. I, I do suspect we'll get at least a moment in King's Landing, a conversation or two, a setup moment, or a reveal of the Golden Company or something like Probably that. Probably the Golden Company arrives this first episode. I was going to ask you if you think that. Yeah, I, that, I do kind of think I that. I do too. Yeah, I do too. It's it, This first episode, <laughs> they always try to get a, a, a lot of setup done. You know? yeah. And there's a lot to set up. Yeah. And there's a lot that has to be taken care of before they can move on to some of these more climactic moments, like all these character interactions. Uh, and it does seem like that's this, this first episode is the place to do a lot of that. Kyburn. What do you think Kyburn's uh, going to be doing? That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine he'll be experimenting on the dead. Maybe <laughs> yeah, working yeah. on on scorpions. More more you know? anti dragon weaponry. Uh, sure. Maybe maybe just some advice to Cersei about the Golden Company, or you know, I I, I suspect it'll be kind of minimal. I you know I don't think we'll spend a lot of time with him. I wish we would. I I think his character is very intriguing, and I think he's also, by the way. One of the most successful characters of yeah, as the, far the as series, like if you will, getting his goals. Yeah, he's never really failed. He's never really had any moment of failure. He's know? a big part of why Cersei is still on the throne, right? Yeah. Exactly, or and God he's arisen to yeah. one of the most powerful characters. She was in smart the, in the to land, you know? is as gross as it was for her to like take his advice and use him. Like in terms of like pragmatism, it's worked really well for yeah. her. He he has been extremely valuable to her, as much as. You know, it's hard to root for her, <laughs> but as long as it's like yeah. if you take the ethics out of everything, it's like, yep, that guy is good, been very helpful to Cersei, yeah. no doubt. That's a that's a good point, and uh, yeah, and he and it's also a good point that she can trust him because he knows that if she fails, if she if her regime collapses, he goes down with it. There's there's no place for him to be like Varus where he can switch. He can somehow be part of Arius's regime. And Robert's regime, despite being so close to Ares, like, that's hard to pull off. Pycelle did this, did a similar thing. Some of these guys, like, there's Bars. no... Yeah, there's just no way that, uh, that, that Kyburn can pull that off because these regimes are so opposed to each other. And he's done some just dark stuff, you know? And, uh, I mean, maybe not no way. But it seems like it would be hard for him to pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not impossible. I kind of wonder... If- I, I think that he also has a bigger... I don't think he necessarily has personal ambition. He's ended up in his high position. Yeah. But I don't think his goal was to be Grand Mace, I think Master his, of the whole I think land, his goal you know? is to be able to do these experiments. He wants to I think do he has a bigger, and... uh, kind of like John, some other characters. Yeah. He has a big... He maybe isn't like overwhelmingly concerned with the Night King, but I don't think he's concerned with himself personally. Yeah. I don't think he's concerned with who the king is. I think he's concerned with knowledge, the, the discovery of knowledge. Even at the sacrifice of tradition or ethics, even, he's just concerned with knowledge. And the knowledge he has might help people win some wars. Yeah. And that might keep him in some people's good graces. He when might the be able to end, sell even. himself as, hey, my weapons design and stuff like that, I could help fight the others. Like, yeah. That, and, and someone like John or Bran might actually be sold, bought into mm-hmm. that. I could say, okay, there is maybe a way, a path for him. But let's assume he dies. What What's his end? Is it... Just he's just killed in the general slaughter of Cersei's regime. Following, does the mountain turn on him? Maybe the uh, maybe the others can control him, 
Or is it something more like Battle of Master of Whispers where Varys takes back his little birds <laughs> and has them take out... There's a lot of yeah. ways they could go, like a ma- batter, ma- batter, a Battle of Master of Whispers could be a thing. <laughs> I kind of thought that would happen last season. Certainly did not even come close to happening, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Varys, I expect to die. Uh, I do. I don't know if it'll it's be one of those predictions before after Angel's kills Kyburn right. or first episode or last episode. Yeah. It's also worth noting. White Varus could be a thing. It was bald, <laughs> bald-headed Varus. White. <laughs> He's quite white, yes. <laughs> it is worth pointing out that Melisandre said, I have to come back here to die and just like you, right? Doesn't necessarily mean by the end of the season. <laughs> maybe they die at a ripe old age, you know? <laughs> but it just has to be here. <laughs> it's possible. And what Virus is going to do is work to make Westeros not a strange country. So he's like, oh, see, well, it's not a strange country. I'm going to die in this strange. It's not a, it's a normal place now. <laughs> so, I don't know if it'll ever be a normal place. <laughs> no, probably not. Okay, so, yeah. So I agree with you that the Golden Company probably arrives. I agree that um, we definitely get some Cersei, maybe not a lot of it. I think most of the focus will be in the north. Do you think we, and you, we talked about, uh, we briefly talked about Theon Yar and how maybe that's a way to get some action in this first scene. But the, uh, even setting aside the fact that we talked it through and, and realized that probably the wall with Tormund and those guys is maybe more likely to be an action thing. If we do get Euron, Theon, Yara, how, how do you see that going? I mean, Euron, if Euron ends the series dead, it won't happen in episode one. Theon, Yara, it's kind of tricky to see what they're going to be doing if they resolve this early, do they then circle back and join the fight against the undead? Or do they be like, eh, maybe it's so wise to stay on our islands where no one, none of these undead can get to us. <laughs> Theon might get faced with some choice to save Yara or stop Euron. Mm. You know, like, yeah. Euron's headed north with the with the Golden Company. So he has Yara's a shot, yeah. on a boat going back to the Iron Islands yeah. and he can like say, go save her or go stop this fleet or get the warning to Winterfell mm. and uh, has to make this tough decision. That would be tough. Whether, whether, which maybe could culminate in a battle, but he might decide to go a different way and, uh, you know, it might be hard to convince his crew of it. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Let me ask, okay, a couple other questions um, about uh, maybe things that we are a little off the beaten path. One non-spoilery comment we got from the showrunners, I think it was from the showrunners, is that they said that a lot of dangling plot lines will be wrapped up, will be kind of wrapped up. And I think there's a few that they just can't wrap up. For example, I think uh, they did introduce Tysha, but then they threw that away, basically, uh, Tyrion's, you know, uh, ex-wife. And they did introduce the horn. And Sam took it with him down south, and then we just never heard from it again. I think that horn has just been... Tossed aside. It's not coming back. But there are some other small plot lines and small characters that might come back. Mira, for yeah. example. She kind of, that scene kind of had a feel of she's gone forever. Like I'm exiting stage left and not coming back the way she left. But that's not a sure thing. Do you think maybe we see Mira? I kind of do. I want to for sure. I I, I can see how that scene is like, okay, that's it for her. But I can also see how that was a little unresolved. Like in general, like Helen Reed is a character that's been referenced many times. As far as we know, he's still out there. So I don't think it's crazy to think. And he's also someone that could corroborate the story that Bran and Sam might give about who Jon Snow really is. So I, I can see her returning, maybe even with Helen Reed. I, but I don't know, maybe that's me rooting for that. And yeah. I'm really thinking it's likely. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I'm rooting for it, but I don't think it's that likely, yeah. 
Also, Edmure, by the way, what the heck's yeah. going on with him? We, I believe there was confirmation that Edmure would be was in the season. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, then I definitely think Jamie's stopping at the Twins on the way north. I Ooh. definitely think that then. Huh, interesting. I had considered it, but I felt like if they were dealing with Edmure, they would have done it when Ari was there. Why? Yeah. They can't go back there now, but if, if he's been cast or something, I think that's happening. Okay. I'm calling it now. Jamie stops at the Twins on the way north, whether it's to amass more of an army to bring with them. That would really work right? with our thing of maybe they can't deal deal with Jamie all at once. Like it would fit in with our yeah. envisioning Slow of... Slow roll his show up Yeah, there. have him show up in episode two. That's a good comment. By the way, speaking of comments, several comments about your Strong Bad shirt. Oh, yeah. This is breaking Strong Bad. For <laughs> anyone that knows Homestar Runner and the real hero of Homestar Runner, Strong Bad. Yeah. But this Strong Bad has the Heisenberg... If you're Hat not and goatee for people who are familiar with Strong Bad and Homestar Runner, the Homestar Runner was invented about 30 minutes from where we live in in uh, Decatur, Georgia, here, and which is an outside near Atlanta. Um, so yeah, the, the three it's a, a brother, two brothers and a sister team that made uh, Homestar Runner. Like early in the internet, just this yeah. little web series, comic series that centers around this character Strong Bad who answers people's emails and. All the other surrounding characters. It's it's really clever, uh, I don't know, mostly PG rated humor that the geeks will love. It might be hard to find now because it was all flash. It was kinda they were kinda innovating flash stuff and nothing works on flash anymore. Like I I think you might have better luck finding YouTube videos of it than I don't know. I think the actual <laughs> website is not up anymore. Like, okay. I think they still like have merchandise and work. They I think they've like huh. gotten jobs in the IT industry or whatever, but um so uh, someone else pointed out the you know you've accidentally said Nightwalker a few times in the book. There is a character named Urathon Nightwalker, just for fun. That okay. is a thing. Right. <laughs> Some people have tried to tie him to Euron. Uh, that that comment comes from I don't know how to change names. Thanks for that. Yes, mm-hmm. good good call. Super chat from Rebecca Santa. Eight dollars. Happy eighth season. Eight for the eighth. Uh, talk about making the eight. <laughs> You're gonna have to do a bigger super chat when it gets to the 60th season. <laughs> <laughs> you have plenty of time to save up for that. <laughs> From Alexander Wilson, five dollars. Jar Jar Martin told D and D three holy shit moments. Shireen's burning. Hold the door. And the last one coming at the end. What are your thoughts? Well, for a long time I thought it might be Tyrion Targaryen, but that's not. I don't think that's happening in the show. I'm I'm, I'm like 98 percent sure that's not happening in the in the show. I, I'm I have moderate expectations. That maybe it'll happen in the books. But in the show, no, definitely not. So that can't be it. Uh, they couldn't be John's parentage reveal because they knew that. Uh, they had figured that out on their own. I don't know. Maybe it's something about the nature of the Night King or something about the nature of one of the other characters. I don't know. I don't have a great guess. I've thought about it before, and my guesses, the guesses I've had in the past have been eliminated through other I things have, happening. I don't want to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of yours? Yeah, the ones I think about are like the, the time shit that people. Oh yeah, like Brand being the Night King or time travel stuff. Case, yeah, I don't want like, that either. That's the one. Some of the ones I think about is about time being like a, a circle and yeah. some bullshit. I don't know. Anyway, okay, I yeah. Be talking, but <laughs> <laughs> I have to chime in. Shea says, "Yeah, in case anyone couldn't hear that, she's talking about the, the time being a circle stuff, Brand, Night King stuff. How she really doesn't want that to happen. I agree. I really don't want that to happen either. Um, I don't want it to happen, and I also don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't I, think it will either." Just the nature of how everything else is gone is like, it just doesn't seem like that's the direction it's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, this is not uh, this is not Danny Boyle. <laughs> if anyone knows Danny Boyle movies, <laughs> he takes last quarter of his movies, take these weird turns in other directions that haven't been the way the rest of it was going. I feel like they're going to not suddenly turn this into time travel, you know? A couple other things. Let's see. Uh, characters, other characters we might see. We, we talked about Mira. What about... 
Dario. I'm guessing no, because I just don't think his story is important. And maybe we get like a montage of seeing past characters, like seeing what he's up to, like really briefly. But the problem with stuff like that is is the real life logistics of having this this actor brought back. And there's and other like problems that. with it too. Like I will say, there is and a way he might return is yeah. with Melisandre. Yeah, that's the way okay. it might happen. However, yeah. I don't think he will because it just discredits so much story. Think of the also. Plight. She said she was going to Volantis. Right, yeah. Specifically, not Slaver's Bay. <clears throat> but the thing is, as far as the show goes, those could be like next door to each other. He would just travel back and forth like it's <laughs> they nothing. They could easily explain um, that he was in Volantis. Right, yeah. exactly. But the thing is, it, sh- it just shouldn't happen because keep in mind, Danny went through great efforts to free these cities. Even like went back to refree the cities. So she, put, <laughs> yeah. she put her quest for the Iron Throne aside to free these cities. Finally got there and then left someone that she trusts in charge, like, yeah. look, you have, and it was like this conflict between them. He's like, okay, fine, I love you, and I believe in you, and so I'll do what you command. I'll stay here and rule these cities, and you think it's so important. We spent so much time in these cities and yeah. how important it was, and for him, it's like, oh, I'm going to leave now. There's no named character <laughs> left in charge. It would be such a betrayal to her. It would yeah. be just an abandonment of everything that she thought was important before. Like, I, it just can't happen. I just, I would be frustrated if that happened. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I don't think I have anything to add other than I totally agree that I don't think we'll see him again. Um, and if if we do, it'll be a montage brief, very brief thing, not a, I, like, not a, a, not a dedicated like scene or even plot. Like a character like Mira, I can see why maybe they don't need to bring her back and uh, external factors of, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I can see reasons. There are reasons for certain characters not come back. Because it doesn't make sense or it doesn't, it's not likely or whatever, but I think it would be actively wrong and bad for Dario to come back. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about uh, a simpler, more fun character who is much closer by, like, say, Hot Pie? <laughs> Did we, was that the last we saw of him? Was, was his parting from Arya the end of Hot Pie? Or do we get a, like, a, hey, they're going to get hungry up there. We need, we need some food. We need someone who knows how to brown the butter first. <laughs> so I think for him to come back, it would make, it, there's a couple ways it might happen. One way I think is like unlikely. Again, I don't think it would quite make sense, but sometimes travel in Westeros, they do things that don't quite make sense. But if people from surrounding lands came to Winterfell for protection, right? But it doesn't make sense for people from South Winterfell to come up to Winterfell for protection when the White Walkers <laughs> yeah, come in. No. <laughs> but what might make sense is if the White Walkers come down in Winterfell, yeah. when, and people in Winterfell are just trying to escape with their lives, they're going to be warning heading everybody south, else. Yeah. on a way south, they'll go by Hot Pie. So, and have lunch and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and tell hot pie to, to come with because hey you make good pies we need you with us to feed the army on the march uh super chat from strange tv hi karen <laughs> there's lots of people we could say hi to the comment we says, watching yeah the comment says i'm making my mom watch this while on vacation can you say hi karen for it will freak her out well hopefully we we freaked too. her out in the good, in the good way. yeah we, we picked up a lot of incidental karens in that declaration this there Yes. <laughs> Mara Lee says, I would hate to see hot pie as a white. Yeah. Oh. He wouldn't be very good at baking anymore. You know, you can't get near that oven when you're... <laughs> hot pie sits the Iron Throne. I would much prefer hot pie to sit the Iron Throne. Baked goods for all. A land of, a land of bread. The, the Iron Throne gets moved into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a few other characters that we maybe haven't discussed yet. How about, say, 
well, as I said at the beginning, we discussed a lot of the more major characters, and but but one or two that we haven't discussed. How about Jorah? What do you see from Jorah coming up? We do know that he's with he's at Winterfell. There's no ambiguity to as to his location, and there's zero reason for him to leave, as far as we know. So he's going to be there. He's going to be in the front lines, probably fighting. Is he? He seems kind of in that wheelhouse of characters that probably won't make it. But there's zero reason for him to live. <laughs> He's a red shirt. That's my thought. Okay. I, I don't I think it'll happen right off the bat, but uh, I doubt he makes it to the end of the show. Okay. Do you think uh, he dies in, in the big battle in episode three? Probably. Okay. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. I can't really disagree with that. It obviously wouldn't be a huge surprise if he didn't, but yeah, I think that's he's, a, he's, a, he's on that chopping block. I think I got to agree with that. Do you feel similarly about Grey Worm? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about what about Davos? I have a little more faith in Davos making it for a couple reasons. One, he's not a character that charges into battle. He might end up fighting. He does occasionally, but, but yeah, right. But, but, but he, he's not going to be in this. Right. One it's not his role. Right. And right. in fact, like when they went north, he went north with John and crew. Right. Mm-hmm. But didn't go all the way north of the wall with the Magnificent Seven. He stayed at the wall. Like, I'm a liability. I don't have fingers. I'm old. And there was another comment he made when... Norman's like, yes, you are a liability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. <laughs> when he was introducing Gendry to John, And he kind of prepped Gendry. He's like, look, don't tell me you Your name is Clovis. Keep yeah. it secret. And Your name is Clovis. I'm Gendry. like, hi, I'm Gendry, son of Robert Baratheon. <laughs> Our dads were friends. And we're like, actually, your dads <laughs> didn't. were not friends, yeah. Rhaegar. You don't actually know who your dads were. But... Uh, <laughs> but... But at that, in that moment, Stannis, oh, Stannis, uh, Davos says, pay no mind to me. I just live to a ripe old age. That's all. Don't, don't take my advice. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, Good point. I, I think that Davos is more likely to make it. He is a survivor. He is absolutely a survivor. That's a great point. And he I, is willing to sacrifice himself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and he, and also included in that, is willing to charge into battle. But he knows it's not his best role to be on the front line with a sword. Yeah. He can make have a better impact in other areas. And so I think he will. Yeah. Still might end up dying, but I still think I, 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 I wouldn't agree. guess he's going to. I think I tend to agree. I think Davos might make it. Yeah. Uh, Podrick. What about Podrick? That's a tough one. If Brienne dies and he doesn't, that's rough. But if Brienne dies, maybe you could see him going down with her. That's tough, right? Yeah. It's kind of, he's, he's one that I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. He's he's beloved, but he's definitely not a, a main character. He's kind of in the middle because he's around the middle, but he's not yeah. like the guy that gets focused on. So he's, he's tough. A primary, secondary, tertiary, courtiary. <laughs> courtiary. Is that a word? He's a courtiary yeah. character. That's kind of yeah. It's it's a tough one. Here, here related question um, as to maybe plot lines getting wrapped up from Daniel Burhell. Do we see any more from the Faceless Men or Jockin specifically? Any of them? Or are they just out of the story? I feel like they're just out of the story. Can Melisandre come back with the... Yeah, like, they're not in Volantis either, but, again, they can play with play around with the with locations and geography yeah. if they want to. They can, they can... And that's another thing I can see. If they just, if they want to give us, like, a montage of winter approaching, Bravos is really far north, even though it's on another continent, but it lines up with the northern part of the Vale. So if we see, like, winter seeping south, you might see, like, it is, frost on the Titan. <laughs> it is worth noting that pretty much every... Uh, culture of Planetos has a Azura High-ish prophecy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it, you could see other realms being concerned. Like, I'm not sure, but let's say the Night King comes south and, and just wants to kill everyone. 
he's limited by the continent of Westeros. They even said, like, uh, they can't swim, right? Yeah. Uh, you're on ass. Can they swim? <laughs> I'm going back to my island. Like, good. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bravos would be safe, uh, ostensibly, you know. But Unless but, they freeze the ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's possible. <laughs> but you can see the other continents might be concerned. Uh, I don't know how much other continents' prophecies and histories address the... The original Long Night. I'm not versed in that. Hmm. I don't know how much you are. How that might be a whole other podcast. We don't have time to start yeah, right, now, but, uh, right now. But yeah. But it, but it it does make sense for Melisandre to come back with multiple allies, oh, multiple armies. Okay. Right? Yeah, that's possible. Sure. Yeah, Including you're right. Jacken or whoever. Yeah. Well, related question here from Alexander Wilson, Super Chat. James Hibbard from Entertainment Tonight said there is a surprising old character returning for the finale that he saw being filmed. Who is it? I think it's Jockin. That's Alexander's guess, Jockin. Well, that could be. I think we may have already touched on who it might be. Um, Edmure. It could be Edmure. Um, yeah. That's, I think, but but if that was confirmed, I'm not sure if it was confirmed. I, so if it was confirmed, that wouldn't be a surprise, though. It might just be something that flew under the radar, which might be a surprise, but I'm not sure if that's quite the same thing. Draken would be a possibility there. Yeah, yeah, that would be a possibility. Other surprising old character? I mean, I don't think we'd take old literally as in age, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think it would be like Hot Pie wouldn't be surprised. The characters we already named, I don't think qualify. Um, but but Howland Reed, we did name him. And that would be yeah. a surprise that, uh, what's that? Well, he was in the flashback scene, so you're right. That would you're right. That's not really returning. Yeah, uh, it would be it, a different it's actor. Kind playing. of returning. You're yeah. right. That's a good point. That might negate that possibility the way that's worded, but I wouldn't completely rule it out because uh, we don't know that this is the same wording that was used in the article. So uh, yeah, so that's possible. Um, uh, at the, I can't think Craster. of any other possibility. Craster? <laughs> that would be kind of a surprise. He would be a white, right? Yeah, did they burn his body? I think they burned John his body. John Shinoda. Oh, they burned the whole keep The whole down. keep was burned, yeah. yeah. So he was probably burned, yeah. So that's probably not Craster. But It would be surprising for him to return. 1-1, one, one, the giant 1-1 one, one being resurrected as a white. That would be surprising, Benjen? too. I wonder. Benjamin would be a surprise. Return, yeah. yeah, that would be a surprise for sure. Okay. It says Joffrey. <laughs> that would be really surprising yes that would be super super surprising okay so let's see moving on oh yeah okay so question from Jean-Luc Picard will we see any major flashbacks Great Other slash the Pact Dragon Bomb at Hard Home anything like that um, I do think that's possible obviously it would have to be through Bran uh, there's a tiny chance it would be through like Melisandre or something like that but we, they haven't done that before but they have done it with Bran so Bran seems like very very likely well, yeah, if it's going to... Now, here's one thing. The the prequel show that we've heard about is supposedly going to deal with the origin of the others, which kind of implies that it won't be dealt with here in Game in Game of Thrones. Might so be I hinted at. They may have, like, groundwork for it. Yeah, they, you're right. They might give us some basics and then get more nuance, more detail with the show. So, yeah, Maybe we can't even introduce actors, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, possible. I don't know. That might be information we'd already know if that was the case, yeah. but... The basic question is, will we see major <laughs> flashbacks? And I think, yes. I think we will see ma one, maybe not multiples, but one at least. But multiples, I don't know about multiples, but Bran's got to do his thing. And um, It might be neat if just once we got to look into the fire. Whoa. Some character is instructed to look into the fire. Oh, and they cool show idea. We see the image coming through the flames. You know, I think that would be... And, and it makes some amount of sense for it to be John, for Bran, trying to show John. Hmm. John needs to see, or someone needs to see, because that's another thing that's been pointed out several times. Is like, 
People don't really, even if they believe John, even if they believe that there really are White Walkers and there really is Army of Death, they don't really understand it until they see it. Mm. Danny believed John, but now she saw when she saw it. Now she knows it. She remember when John like woke up, Danny was at his side after like barely making it to the wall, or whatever. You know, they're like breaking off his frozen mm. garb and and. Uh, and he immediately apologizes. I'm so sorry, you know, for the dragon having died. You know, yeah. I'm so sorry. I wish I could take it all back somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, wish we'd never gone. She's like, no, I'm glad we did because I needed to see it. Now mm-hmm. I know. You know, yeah. other people might need to know, and a way to know is if Bran could show them in the fire. If other people could see when Sandor saw it in the fire, he's like, okay, fine, let's go north. Gotcha. <laughs> I believe it now. You okay, know? so that's cool. That's a very cool idea. Um, obviously, there's no way for us to know whether that could be happen, but I now that you've said it, I hope we see it. <laughs> um, I'm backing up just a little bit to uh, to um, to the holy sh- the holy shit moment question. We yeah. may have already seen it. It occurs to me that the raising of Viserion as an undead dragon might yeah, it could be, be that it. moment. Yeah. Even yeah. though I'm not 100% sure that will happen in the books, I could see it happening, something like it. Maybe it, the part that I don't know that will happen in the books is that that dragon is going to be the means for bringing down the wall. Or that some figure is going to ride that dragon. Yes, that part also I'm, I'm a little dubious on. But the actual, the concept of an undead dragon in the books would be a whoa moment, you know, yeah. that they may not have considered. So I could qualify. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll at least throw one guess out there with that. That being Martin it. could have told them there will be an ice dragon, and an A found a way for to make yeah, an ice dragon. Yeah, I Martin agree. will find that, a different way. Yeah, you know? I agree. It could be a very different version of that same thing. Uh, super chat from Danny Jeter Senior. I almost said Danny Cedar Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reversing all sorts of letters today. Hey everyone, Dario can come back with an all hands on deck speech. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Get everybody fired up to go to Westeros to fight the, the long night couple little notes that i didn't get cool. in yet i want to point out that in the show kimvara said daenerys has been sent to lead the people against the darkness in this war and in the great war to come one thing that's worth noting here is that to lead the people in the war not to rule to the lead. people after the war yeah no she say so, anything about yeah. that well it's not that she does. doesn't mean she can yeah, but she that's yeah she doesn't uh, eliminate that possibility but she's not speaking to it either that's it's a good not point. what she was sent for maybe she'll do that maybe not but it, my interpretation that is shared by many others is that Danny is a figure who might is somewhat foreshadowed to sacrifice herself to save humankind. Not that I don't buy the John will kill her to save humanity, the Nissa Nissa thing. I don't buy that for a second because a John will not do that. John yeah. wouldn't kill that old man. John wouldn't. You know, he's not. This is not John. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think. First of all, I don't even see that scenario being necessary. But even if it does happen, it's just not the kind of person John is. I think Danny may be like putting herself in danger, causing her to die, saving humanity, sacrificing herself. Her agency, that's important there, not someone else's agency. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of maybe if she does die by the end, that's how I see it happening. Otherwise, I think she lives. <laughs> yeah. The I, I had a question for you, and I want to be careful not to open too long a can of worms here. But okay, I'll try to be going, quick with my answer then. Going back to the thought about like, what does the Night King want? What does the Lord of Light want? How old is R'hllor? We don't know how old the religion is, but um, because if it's approximately eight thousand years old, it's which older is approximately than how long yeah. since the Long Night was the R'hllor a long older? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I believe so. I believe it's existed since before the first Long Night in some form or another. Uh, probably it's changed. The religion is adapted over time, but I believe belief in th- because the prophecy, the Azor High prophecy, predates the Long Night, if I remember correctly. Yeah. 
It um, almost would have to. Or if it comes right after. Some aspects of it. I think some aspects of it predate. I have to check my notes. Um, but uh, some aspects of it don't, for sure. Because it's it's about it, – it refers to the darkness coming again, which means it has yeah. to be after. So, But there are, there are certainly elements of the prophecy that, that date to before that. And certain elements of the culture that it came from definitely existed before the Long Night, like Ashai and all that. So that is – yeah, that is a, a question that requires a bit more preparation. Yeah. So but it's a good question. Related question also that might – can't get fully into now but what just a curiosity what was the targaryens targaryens adopted the seven when they came to yes Westeros, but, right? but not before that yes. what were they before that they weren't Valyrian, valyrian they had their own religion valyria valyrian gods were a thing okay and then in fact uh valerian Maraxes, and vagar were named after valyrian gods okay yeah so Aegon Aeg the Conqueror switched to adopt as very standard conqueror practice to adopt the religion of yeah. the people you're trying to rule and uh, and Valerian religion kind of died at that point because their continent had already exploded. And these were the only – very few people were still uh, honoring those gods considering their continent was annihilated hundreds of years before. We see in uh, in Vikings how the, the leaders of the powers that be, they don't really believe in these gods. It, it's like a tool to lead the people, but yeah. I don't believe it's nonsense. Exactly, yeah, we'll yeah. switch religions. Yeah, sure. Or whatever. The, uh, <laughs> Which one will give me more – oh, I can have more control over my people by switching? All right. Done. I switch. Let's do it. Yeah. Schedule that. Um, so <laughs> on the schedule. One, one last thing. Okay. The wall was created with some amount of magic. Yes, some amount of magic. Was it like this – one moment in the beginning that magic was imbued into the wall or was it an after the fact thing or multiple different instances of magic put into the wall over time by different characters or is that also too complicated to get into tune in next time to find out yeah, yeah. well probably asking because i'm wondering if part of the resolution of everything is whether the night king lives or not whether or not someone goes back to the wall john to man it or rebuild it to whatever say magic is required where would it come from who would do it who has the magic yeah Brand? it's really Blood not Ravens? it's really not uh stated it's 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 either just something that everybody assumes or <laughs> something like a legend that that has it been maybe isn't even true yeah or... it's a legend that's been facilitated over thousands of years of repeating the same stories but it does seem to be true though because we've seen evidence of they can't pat like that same magic that was protecting the three-eyed raven's cave like the whites tried to charge in and they just exploded so there's clearly this magic does exist yeah so we think it's from the children because the children were the ones in that cave doing all that stuff it's this probably it's the same it seems to be the same magic and it's not clear if there are any children left it, right it's not so it, it seems like there, there should children, be but they might still be able to use whatever magic to yes. rebuild that segment of the wall that came down yeah so that john can go defend it super chat from jill wright uh, is the dragon a white or white walker? That is a tough one because of the like the, the blue eyes, uh, the it's way it was raised. It's a white? The, well, there's some conundrum there because it wasn't raised the same way as a lot of the other beings were. Uh, but I think it's a white. I think it's a white also. I don't think it's a yeah, white. Yeah, in the right. show, they presented it almost the same way as the baby. He touches its cheek and his eyes turn blue. Like it's, Yeah. Now, does a baby a white or a white walker? I don't know. But all the whites have blue eyes. And yeah, and they, I think they were just going for a dramatic effect by show, you know, rather than just having him do his thing. And then it comes up. You know, that could have been kind of cool. It could have raised his hands like Yoda and like the X-Wing rising out of the swamp. Yeah. Could have been Viserion rising out of the swamp. And then they could have not had the silly chains. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it, I... I I think it might be kind of a, a blurred line there, but I'd lean towards white because I don't think it has like intelligence. I don't think it's going to raise 
Like, that's one of the things that seems to be characteristic of the White Walkers, is that they can raise other undead beings. Because Unless we see the dragon do that. Is that it's neither a white or a White Walker dragon, it's just an ice dragon. Yeah, okay. And that's what you can call it. That's fair, it's its own category, maybe. Yeah, okay. Alright, well, let's, uh, I gotta get to the credits so we can get this, uh, get this done. Thanks everybody for coming again. Thanks for all your uh, super chats and questions and uh, likes and uh, <laughs> feedback. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Dancing, Dancing Sean. I almost have a thousand followers. Hoping to get there soon. That's right. We can we do can some dance. some sort I of. I shall dance at a thousand followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Meanwhile, I hit three K, Sean. Oh, nice. Well, where's your dance? <laughs> you got you need three you dances. <laughs> Shay is dancing off. You camera. should see her going off over oh, there. It's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jinx, also in our live audience. <laughs> <laughs> live audience of one. <laughs> That's right, live audience of one. Cool. Okay, well, thanks to uh, Michael Klarfeld for the video intro. Thanks to Jesse Kowal, Joey Townsend for the intro and outro music. And thanks to everyone else. Thanks to our patrons. Thanks to Lord Mark of House Joseph, the Snow in Winterfell, writer of Mazla Cartho, the White Dragon with green scales, horns, wings, and talons. Thanks to Jinx of House Lear, in person, Green Queen of the Rainwood, <laughs> rumored daughter of a woods witch, writer of Erogenia, a sylphic albino dragon with the amethyst eyes and an opalescent wings. And by the way, when she asked what car I was in when I went to pick her up last night from the airport, I said I was in a sylphic albino <laughs> Altima with uh, amethyst uh, eyes and an opalescent license plate. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, the mysterious BR is Hand of the King. Uh, the Smiling Wolf is Lord Stephen Stark, the Broken Tower. Soldier, scholar, philosopher, diplomat, a hand of Queen Ashea, who is known as the best, accurately. Lord Jim the Fortuitous of Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire blog is Warden of the West. Lord George Stormsville the Cunning is Lord of Chiliad and Warden of the East. Cabeth the Unfrozen is Lord of the Bricks and Castle Crimson Light, Defender of the Old Gods and Warden of the North. Lady Kelly McMath of Covington is Lady of the Villa Hills and Crescent Springs, Warden of the South. We have Lord James Tuttle, King of the Stepstones and Narrow Sea, Commander of the Royal Fleet, consisting of the flagship, uh, consisting of the Narrow Fleet, led by flagship, flagship Caraxes, <laughs> Clagship, and the Bloodstone Fleet, led by flagship Prince Damon. Our King Beyond the Wall is Sidney Jesse, the Fallborn, Lord of Blue Spring and the Haunted Forest, wields a dagger of dragonglass and the Valyrian steel blade, Red Frost. Our small council includes Lord Daniel the Sneaky Russian, Master of Ships, Grand Maester Via James, Lord Benjamin of House Hornwood, Master of Laws, Lord Fabian Flowers, a Bastard of Green Shield, Master of Coin, Lord Johan of House Orcos, called Shadowhawk, Master of Whisperers. Lady Direliz is of Castle Naki, the Alpha Patron. Lady Dan, Lady. Lord Dan of the Red Mountains and Castle Great Bell is Breaker of the Second Stone. Lord Skip of the Velt is Lord of Castle Ganges. Gregor the Toasty is Lord of the Breadfort and recent trivia champion, apparently, is which uh, news of which was posted in our Facebook group, which I highly recommend joining our Facebook groups to participate in season eight discussions, as long, uh, along with many other great discussions. Shout out to our mods of our Facebook group as well. They do a great job of keeping the discussions going and keeping the environment friendly. Alicia Everlasting of the Green Blood is Lady of Desert Rose. Lord Ryan of Castle Stonegate is Guardian of the Rocky Mountain Pass. 
Lord Garen de Havilland is of Devil's Head Keep. Ashlyn Winter is the Hawk's Eye, Lady of Castle Skyfall. Lady Mikkel of Moonacre is leader of the Werewood Protectorate Alliance. The Lord of the Halls of Castle Hillcrest is wielder of the Valyrian Steel Machete Everglazed. Lord Alistair Whitaker is Lord of the Dawnhold. Lord Demi Snugglebunny is Guardian Ranger of the Hidden Hundred Acre Werewood, dual wielder of Valyrian Short Swords, Glorious Morning, and Little Light Wise, sharpshooter of the Werewood and Ironwood Laminated Longbow, Todd Von Oben. Brian the Defender is Lord of the Spearfort and the Freelands, last scion of Clan McCulloch, Strength and Courage. The Bastard of the Wolfswood is First Forester of the Old Gods, sworn to House Iron Werewood. Listen for the silence. Connor the Dungeon Master is Lord of Catamount Keep and Guardian of the Smoky Mountain Pass. Lady Baelish is Dark Widow of Harrenhal. Nevesa the Twin-Hearted is Suspected Skin Changer is Holder of Castle Parahel. Sir Valentine of House to Jen is Creator of the Game of Predictions, Predictions Future uh, Futures Market for Game of Thrones. Lady Liana Kelly of Wolf Island is Protectors of the Steelhold. Casey Stark is of House Acres. Lady Kay of House Archer is Lady of Earth Dog Hall, Huntress of the Wolfswood and Guardian of Maddie Squirrel's Bane, the Mighty Direweed. Lady Raywin of House Dillsdane is the Star Spear. Peter Rivers is the Pale Dragon and heir to Bloodraven. Our King's Justice is Sir Troy the Steady, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Blade Fate. I know a few of you are waiting on nicknames. We've had a surge in new patronage in advance of Season 8, and I definitely will get your names made very soon. Check your Patreon inbox this weekend for those nicknames. Our Queen's High Council is led by... Or is uh, includes rather Bloody Ben Blackwood, Master of Whispers. Okay, Rhea Bea Star Eyes, Lady of Ways and Mistress of Ships, Captain of the Iron Shadow Cat. In the sh shadows we bear our claws. Our Master of Coin is Lady Laura of House Brondos. One of the people waiting on a real nickname rather than just a placeholder like that. Grand Maester Elizabeth is middle daughter of Lyanna Mormont, First Lady to forge both the Silver and Valyrian Steel Link. Denny's of Lazar is Embar Perzies. Uh, which means fire of the sea. He is former head of the Cell Sail Company, the Fiery Shepherds, Master of Laws, and he has abandoned his position to become a sea lord, and he is putting Lady uh, Rebea on notice. He intends to contest her position as mistress of ships, so watch out. There could be blood in the sea very soon. Our King's Guard is led by Lord Commander Miriam M. Sorry, Miriam R. Uh, backed up by Sir Dolores D, longest tenured White Sword. Willa Crowsbane, Guardian of the White Tree, is First Lady of the Free Folk. Sir Dean the White is Knight of the Black Star. Sir Jord of House Pepsi is the Beverage Knight. Gregor Snow, called Snow Bear, is a, is a bastard of Winterfell. Our Queen's Guard includes Lord Captain Commander... Commander? Commander Hema Hellman, the Sellsword Sentinel. Alexander of House Atreides from the Seat of Doom. I must not fear. Fear is the Mind Killer. Becca the Bard is Songbird of the North. Michonne the Melodious is Star of Old Town, motto Minds Over Masters. Sir Rambo is Knight of House Ganon, First Blood. Sir Leon of House Walker is Wielder of the Twin Valyrian Steel Blades, Fire and Ice, and the Werewood Bow Rain. Amber the Adamant is the Knight of the Mist and Mother of Squids. Hey, Sean, why don't you read the Beard Guard? Well, let's see. Hand of the Beard is Lady Suzanne Sinistral. <laughs> Lord Commander, George the Golden. Sir Joshua Oakheart, the White Oak. Lady Rita. I want to make a particular shout out to Lady Rita of the Copper Main, the Unbound. You would. Dance the Fervor. <laughs> Sir Joff, Warden of the AC, wielder of Triad, the multifaceted beard of platinum, red and brown. Stay frosty. Sir Tim Corgal, Mad. Corgal, Corgal. Uh, either one. Mad Boy of the Western Desert. Queen Helena, Von 
Lonstein, partying like it's 1999 since 1980 something. A kingdom for a drink. <laughs> How you doing, Helen? And then last but not least, we have our History of Westeros and Night's Watch, led by Lord Commander Benji Number, the Silent Giant, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Greatsword, Winter's Kiss, and backed up by First Builder Megor Snow, a.k.a. Megor the Cool, the Fire in the Snow. Sir, uh, first Steward Sir Jurion of the Torrentine, called Pale Wind, and First Ranger Sir Source Delica of House Gramercy. You can get cool nicknames like this, including shoutouts, or just your name mentioned on our website. If you go to patreon.com slash history of Westeros, you can read all about our benefits, which include getting access to scripted episodes early, getting access to voting on our upcoming scripted episodes, and other fun stuff like that. On behalf of Sean and Ashea. Oh, we have another super chat. Okay, well, not quite done yet. Let's take care of that and then say adios. I also want to say real quick, for those of you that are going, see you at Ice and Fire Con. Yes. By the way, that's coming up. I suppose that's true. <laughs> yes, we'll see you all next week at Ice and uh, First episode two, and then episode three, we will be at Ice and Fire Con. So that's going to be fun. A super chat from Maura Lee. For Ashea. All right. <laughs> Got to get that one. Yeah. That's all you, then. You get to decide what you want to spend on. <laughs> okay, everybody. Valar reread us. See y'all Monday after the premiere. Get hype. Have fun. And we can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>